John Podcast Network. Axel F was my ringtone when I had a Nokia. Oh, yeah? You know, the Nokia that I had in college that lit up on the sides oh, when it rang? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Axel F. That was, thing was that was the spinning rims of Nokia phones. Oh yeah, it was <laughs> fancy. It was perfect for that like midi like yeah. Woof 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 woof. So how did you make it better? <laughs> Gene Belcher. <laughs> I am wearing my vaguely, vaguely Axel Foley jacket. I'm not going to lie to you. I strongly considered teasing my hair like Jenny's <laughs> and wearing a blazer. But then I thought it may <laughs> then not you thought, matter. Don't be stupid. <laughs> Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot. Because <laughs> he shows up like kind of right after somebody else where I was still reeling from being like, oh, I didn't realize you were in this. And yeah. then it's Bronson Pinchot, and I was like, oh, right, I forgot about you. I definitely knew that. Get and the fuck out of here. I cannot! I cannot! <laughs> well, we twist of a lemon is delicious. I love when he offers it to... stuff back here. Yeah, when he offers it to Judge Reinhold, Judge Reinhold's like, if it's not too much trouble. He's like, no, of course not. Don't be stupid. Yeah. <laughs> He's great at this. It's really funny. I mean, it's basically the it's balky. It's well, yeah, but don't that's be why ridiculous. it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's like his move. Do you remember they used uh, XLF on The Simpsons? No. Bart becomes a hall monitor because he wants access to all the confiscated items. At the same time, Lisa, she steals all the... She gets real salty about something that Miss Krabappel does. So she's like, stupid teacher wouldn't even be able to do anything without their... The answers in the back of their books. So she confiscates all the books, takes them, hides them in a locker. When they're like, we have to search the school, they play Axel F while Bart and oh. Skinner are searching all the lockers. It's like... That's great. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I love Eddie Murphy's, like, hiccup laugh. I was thinking about making, like, a whole track of just his laughs, just isolating yeah. all the little laughs, all his, like... <laughs> it's so funny, Goofy. <laughs> but it's, I mean, that's his laugh. I mean, right, that's, that's... but it's so funny. Seth Rogen has, like, a weirdly yeah. specific laugh where... Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he's almost no, he like just sounds like Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> Hunter, you sound just like Fat Albert. Like, that's great. <laughs> that's something to be proud of. Welcome to my junkyard. <laughs> oh, that's good. I didn't know I had a Fat Albert in front I didn't know that either. Apparently but I do, that's it's how okay. we find all these good ones. It's, it's the journey. It's the, the journey's the thing. Yeah, it's never the destination. No, because the destination was a passable Fat Albert impression <laughs> in 2023. <laughs> It's not the destination. It is the journey. <laughs> Hello, excellent humans. <laughs> yeah. We did, I did, this is not the bit I thought we were going to have. Did not expect a Fat Albert bit ever, really. But uh, here we are. <laughs> Welcome to another. Hey, watch, great watch. <laughs> I'm your, I'm your co-host, Hunter Bush. Joining me again, my special co-host, special. Tina Dillon. Special. Thank you. I have to reiterate that so Beerman hears it. <laughs> I'll put up a reverb on it. Special, special, special. 
special. Cobra. Cobra. Uh, There's a Cobra connection in this movie. Is there? Oh, we'll get to it. But first, our guest today. Three time? Three time. Three Three times. Look at you. Three times. That's me. Three time. Three time. Three time guest. Mm. Michael. You should just be the mononym Michael. Yeah. Just Michael. Yeah, just Michael. Mikey three time. (laughs) 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 That's That's a really good mafia name. Oh, that's like in Goodfellas. What's his name? Uh, Jimmy Two Times, Jimmy isn't two, it? Jimmy Two Times. I think yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just he says I, everything two I'm times. I'm just so obnoxious that I say it three times. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Okay, no, that's great. Stop him. Cut him off. Like, oh, I forgot. Sorry. Sorry, Mike. Whoa, that's great. That's great. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. That's great. <laughs> oh, that's good. Beverly Hills Cop. 1984. That's right. Directed by the Martin Breast. Of, the year of Axel F. 1984. One the only year. That's true. Now, this, is this a there's summer two movie? more. It feels like a summer movie. Uh, I don't know when it came out. Let's oh, see. Yeah. Comedies. December are... 5th was when it was nationwide. It was a, a Christmas movie? That doesn't that's, check out. It's so wild. It's a cultural touch point. I mean, and, it's referenced all the time. And it's the first of, I, I read this, Eddie Murphy's seven film run of opening at number one. I don't know how much you know about Martin Brest. Uh, I know I know a couple of his movies. He's got a weird filmography. He's a journeyman director where he just like is like, I'll direct whatever. He's not like an action guy, a drama guy, yeah. a comedy guy. He's just a, I'll do whatever. Because I know he did Son of a Woman, right? Sort of. Yeah. So he was originally the director and then it got handed off to somebody else, but they kept oh, some his of his name. work. Oh, okay. So his name is not on it. Uh, I think oh. is the director. It might be a producer. Okay. But he was initially the director, uh, but he didn't actually complete it. He has a very short directorial list. Yeah, he did Geely, right? Yeah. So yeah. he did. <laughs> so he did Meet Joe Black. Oh, that's a future episode. This is his best performing movie that he actually directed. This is well directed too. Yeah, Son of a Woman actually has more awards, but he right, he was on he was he didn't actually the, yeah. yeah. So this was a very well received. One People's Choice Award for Favorite Motion Picture was nominated for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy, Golden Globes, and Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. So you were right about that. Thank God. It earned $234 million at the box office, make it the, making it the highest grossing film released in 1984 in the United States. Damn. Yeah, it's a it's a Jerry Bruckheimer, Don Simpson it is, production. Yeah. It mm-hmm. sure is. I get the impression that Eddie Murphy had a whole lot of input in this. Yeah, apparently Eddie Murphy's input really comes from the fact that this movie was in production from 1977. That was when the script was like... Wow. Yeah, the script was like written, and I think that was when it was like greenlit. Like, we're going to make this a movie. And then they just started... Yeah, and they started kicking the can down the road. Originally, I read that Mickey Rourke was signed on, and then it took too long or it passed the window, so Mm. he moved on to other projects wait who was mickey work supposed to play axel what yeah oh oh i'll get to that it's a totally different script so uh, it's then, a totally different movie it is 100 oh i'm here then for it, it then it was passed <laughs> to sylvester stallone oh god it was originally like a fish out of water action movie and okay. apparently originally it was written um for a female lead and the name was ellie axel uh-huh. So then with rewrites and getting Mickey Rourke on board, I believe, is when they were like, oh, the name is now Axel Ellie. So then they brought Stallone on. Oh, but they had also started to rewrite it to be more comedy. And um, Stallone was like, 
well, let me do a rewrite on it. And they were like, okay. And he wrote a thing that was like way too expensive. Like they were like, no, this is this is the budget. I don't know how much, you know, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's sixty million dollars. Like that's it. That's what you get. And he was like, but then I can't do the train chase at the end or whatever. And they were like, no, I guess you can't. And he was like, I I pass. Okay. So he changed the character's name to Axel Cobretti, and then <laughs> that's right. And then when he left, he was like, that script was full of a lot of good ideas. I should probably just make that. And he made Cobra. He got Cobra. Holy shit. And he, it's exactly, I mean, I forget what his first name is. It's like Chet Cobretti or whatever, but uh-huh. it's Cobra. He's the Cobra. A lot of the same stuff is present in that. Huh. I've never seen Cobra. We so did it on previous I, episodes. Yeah, I remember the episode very well. Episode 17? Something uh, like it was something. 16, 17, something like if, that. If y'all haven't heard it, I'd go back and take a listen. Cobra. 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 <laughs> Part of the reason Stallone left was he was like, I don't think I can do comedy. I don't think it fits me, which I think is very self-aware. I, I'm yeah, not, I would agree with like, that. Like, I'm not even, like, ribbing him about that. I think that's, like, him being like, that's not my strength. Well, I think also he had, there was an ego thing of, like, he wanted to compete with the other big action stars, which is, like, obviously. That's why they opened, uh, that's why they invented the Hard Rock Cafe or whatever. What's it? Uh, Planet Hollywood. Planet Hollywood. That's why they invented Planet Hollywood is so they yeah. could all be like, no, we're all equals in this. We're all buddies. We're all, uh-huh. we're all bros. And Bruce Willis is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, order some fries. It's fine. So I think at the time, like it's eighty, this is eighty four. So like, Schwarzenegger wasn't doing comedy yet, you mm-hmm. know, anything like that. Like he was full <laughs> he on was, like he commando. Was just a mode. Very serious man all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. It was like ah, hey, it's like hey Arnold, I got a joke for you. He's like, I do not do jokes. <laughs> I do not like them. Take your humor somewhere else. Go away. God. Which is funny because candidly, he's a funny guy. He is very apparently. I mean, very, back I mean, in uh, I don't know if you've ever watched his documentary. He has this like bodybuilding documentary. It's oh, equal pumping parts iron? weird. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's it's fucking. I cool. have it on DVD. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. That's why oh, I'm so it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, he's funny. He is really funny. But like, yeah, I he's very self-effacing. That, like he 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 doesn't behave like a dude that was really good looking and really buff. No. Yeah. Like he's very self-effacing. Like. Oh yeah, it's no big deal. I'm just a huge hunk. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, he's he is very funny, and that's yeah. why like he works in comedies is because like he knows when to play the straight man and he knows when to be the butt of the joke and you know all that kind of right. stuff. But I think you're right. At the time, it was a he big action yeah. era, um, and I think if it was that, maybe that's going to change my image there a little was, bit. Yeah, I think there was a period of time, especially like pre. Commando's eighty five. So, oh, yeah. see, so yeah, right around the same. So. Uh, I think, like, pre-90s, people were very much in their categories, and they didn't branch out so much. It was a lot of, like, if you were an action star, you were an action star. If right. you were a comedy star, you were a comedy star. Right, and comedy stars could do action. Like, you could get, like, Jim Belushi as, like, I'm a cop. Like, <laughs> right, I'm a Chicago well, cop, and oh, yeah. boy, it's a serious action movie. I'm going to bust a really or, vague drug dealer. Like, well, like, anyway, my partner's like, I don't know, a robot or whatever, and that's, like, the comedy. Those 2000s, too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Martin Short and Blue Streak. Is Martin Short and Blue Streak? Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Oh, my God. Yes, Where Martin Lawrence. Whoa, Martin Short. they are Jeez. different. <laughs> they are very different people. Because my brain was cycling through. I was Whoa. like, I was like, I've seen Blue Streak. <laughs> Yikes. I was like, is that the Tim Robbins one? Nope, Wait. nope, nope. <laughs> What's the Tim Robbins one? Tim Robbins. All the phones come out. <laughs> I am yeah, listen, this is important. This is boots on the ground research. Did I really say Martin Short? Yep. Oh, there's so many bad movies in here. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> Are they directed by Michael Brest? Poor Michael Brest. Martin. Martin Brest. 
Martin uh, Brest? Is that his? Yeah. We're getting everybody wrong here. Everybody's oh, wrong. All the Martin welcome, to, welcome to Horp Watch, Borp Watch. It... I'm Hubert Borb. <laughs> it is Martin. And I'm Mikey <laughs> There's so Nine many times. Martins. <laughs> you know what? Now seems like a good time. Let's play a new game that I invented for this episode when I just noticed a thing. That's how I make games up, guys. <laughs> we're going to play a game called How Many Michaels? I was like, Michael's going to be on. And I kept seeing the name Michael in the credits. And Uh I was like, how many Michaels? And I'm going to record, I I swear to God, I'm going to try to record uh, an artisanal theme for this. And I think it's going to sound like In Excess. Yeah. Mm. How many Michaels? Like, it's It's good. (laughs) Right? Like, it's going to be like that. Yeah. How many Michaels? (laughs) How many Mikes? Oh, my God. (laughs) So, do you want to guess how many Michaels are on the cast and crew list of this film? It's, I have it divided into how many are in the cast appearing in the movie and how many are on the crew. So, so if you, and, and you, you can guess the total or you can guess... I would like to guess the total. Okay. 32. Nope. Way less. Way less. I'm going to uh, plug in at seven. Pretty close. It's nine. Oh, wow, okay. I was way off. Because right. I, I was like, okay, before I, before I do this, I was like, how many... I was like, let me look up the statistics on Michael as a name. It peaked in the late 60s, early 70s. That was the height of Michael mania, I guess. <laughs> You missed it. Uh, um, <laughs> one currently, uh, as of 2021, one out of every 206 baby boys is named Michael, and one out of every 71,179 baby girls is named Michael. Oh, interesting. Okay. There are currently 4,133,699 people named Michael uh, as of, I think this was from 2021 as well. In and the, you're one hey, of them. You have one of them yeah, that's right, right. Here, right here right here in your room. And uh, national <laughs> ranking is fifth most popular name in the United States. Ah. Well, look at that. Well, not to brag. So I was like, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I was like, I was like, okay. So there are nine. There are four in the cast. Michael Champion plays Casey, who's the like one of the two tough guy hitmen. Oh, right. Okay. That assault uh, Axel and Mikey in the... The other mm. guy is uh, what, Breaking Jonathan, Bad guy? Jonathan Banks. Yes. Oh, he's yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, I love great. Jonathan yeah. Banks. I was because like... Because of his, like, the way he acts in that movie is like, is everything. It's, he right, acts he with changed. his face this whole movie. Yeah. He has like, I don't know, eight he's, lines maybe? Yeah. It's all gravitas. It's all just face. Right. It's so good. Yeah. The scene when he gets tossed through the buffet. Oh, the, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> just the look on his face. He just had daggers. Yeah. Just, like, you do not know who you just messed with. No, it's great. Oh, I, I, like, I loved it. it. And, and like, it felt like it. You yeah. Know? I, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's got a problem. Yeah, because for most of the movie, Axel doesn't know he killed his friend. And right. And it's, like, right. a mur- like, a straight-up stone-cold murderer. Right. Yeah. But also... It doesn't matter because Axel has balls of steel. Oh yeah, he's, he's all not balls. afraid of he's, anything. He's right. all balls. Um, the hotel manager is played by a Michael Michael Gregory. All balls. <laughs> <laughs> Bonded warehouse clerk number one, Michael Paneski. Uh huh. The H- Hatro Club arresting officer is Michael Harrington, and then there's a there's a Michael in stunts. There's a Michael. Uh, as the second grip, there's a Michael assistant camera, a Michael customer, and in the music department, Michael Huey played drums. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> this is the film debut of Damon Wayans. <laughs> I was going to say, he sells him the bananas yeah. for the tailpipe. He's credited as Banana Man. And he's so funny. <laughs> yes. He's got two he's lines, very good. Yeah. and it's so funny. Apparently, that was all Eddie Murphy. 
Um, yeah, that checks out. They had like a more elaborate thing for him to do. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a potato. But there was a whole scene written where he goes in the kitchen and steals potato and he's doing like his Eddie Murphy, like smooth talking, pretending to be mm-hmm. somebody like bullshit. They ran out of time and they're like, oh, how about bananas? And like, yeah, okay. How the fuck can he get bananas? And they couldn't like invent a new location that had to be like filmed on the set they had that day. Right. With the lighting and everything. So he was like, uh, what if there's just a breakfast buffet? Cool. And he's like, all right, we need somebody to play like the guy that sells him bananas. Like, you know, and they were going to get somebody who's like, oh, I I got, the, I know this guy. So. Which is funny because you could just have a breakfast buffet that's unmanned and right. you could just go get bananas, but they needed to have it. Yeah. They wanted a funny exchange. Yeah. And like, and it works. Yeah. Eddie Murphy kind of takes on his character when he goes, when he goes to, the, to the, the club, the yeah, supper club supper or whatever club, yeah. it is. That is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Just the talking to the... He comes in and he creates this story about... He's Ramon. Yeah, yeah, tell him about Ramon. He's a handsome gentleman, like dark skin, white hair. Yeah. (laughs) Capricorn. 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 That's the best detail. That's so funny. That's... Yeah. Yeah, apparently there's like... Almost all Eddie Murphy's stuff is improvised. Mm -hmm. um, And a lot of the Billy Taggart... Stuff, stuff was all yeah. improvised and that is apparently how they cast billy and taggart okay. was they they had like finalists for the two roles and they mm-hmm. were like pairing them up randomly and being like giving them improv scenes and just being like okay and this is i read this somewhere online but it was like uh you two is you know uh, judge reinhold and john ashton they were like you're a married couple you've been married for years and you're having an average conversation on an average night go and that was their prompt uh, Judge Reinhold picked up a magazine or something and pretended it was a magazine and just did the, you know, by age 50, uh, you know, most Americans have oh, five yeah. pounds of impacted, be- you know, red meat in their colon. He's like, why are you telling me this? And he's like, we eat a lot of red meat. Like that was, yeah. that was basically <laughs> verbatim what they yeah. did. And that was the thing that where Martin Brest was like, these are the guys. It's, that's so funny. That it is. It's a funny on. little yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, I noticed you drink a lot of coffee. I think that's why you can't settle down. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of coffee, apparently Eddie Murphy at this time was like totally clean, didn't do any stimulants of any kind. So he didn't drink coffee. Uh-huh. And that's when they were filming the scene after he does the banana tailpipe and all that stuff. And after the strip club, uh-huh. when he does the story about like their super cops and yeah. does that monologue, that was all improv of him after having his first cup of coffee. Oh my God. So apparently if you, I didn't go back and rewatch it, but if you watch it, they're like, his eyes are like so jittery and like, cause he's jacked up on caffeine. Oh that, I love that scene. Cause Me he's too. just like, guys, oh. it, it was working. He's so That was working. Yeah, he's like, I just want to tell you guys, like it was working. <laughs> cause it was. Yeah. 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 I love, yeah. That's, it's such a funny model. Like, and like I wrote down, I started writing down quotes and I was like, I can't keep up. He talks no, so fast. He's, he's so, so fast. fast. And like, he's such a baby in this. He's he is, so dude. young. You know they're making a fourth one. Shut up. Yeah, no. they're making it now. It's apparently under production. There are photos of him on set in like the jacket and everything, like looking the same. Stop it. And it's just like it just looks like you know he got a big head because he's an older man now. But like he's, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where it's yeah. just like just your head got big. Like his body, like he's still in shape. It's not right. like he's got it's real just, like he's no, just you just a big have head. big head old yeah. man syndrome. But I was like, he, somebody did a side by side, and it's like, old man, yeah. big head, it yeah. happens. It's, it's, it happened to Adam Baldwin, oh Alec God. Baldwin, like yeah, uh, he's serve uh, time. Yeah, yeah, good. The the right is like reveling in it because he dared to make fun of Trump on Saturday Night Live. So they're like, he's a liberal fucking commie pinko, whatever. And I'm like, he's not. Uh... How fucking far right are you if you think Alec <laughs> Baldwin is a, a liberal pinko commie? Like, oh my god! Wait, you know that that liberal battle cry of calling your daughter a pig? Uh, <laughs> it's the same people 
who are losing their minds about the Pink Floyd 50th anniversary. Oh, yeah. at the Dark Allison Side just of the told me about oh this. God, and I'm like, they all think stunning. that they're like I love using it. the gay flag. Yeah. And they, <laughs> it's like, guys, they, it's a prison. They think they're woke. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> like, what's this woke bullshit, Pink yeah, Floyd? Right. It's like, A. What, number one, did you even listen to the album? It's like, all y'all are doing is outing yourselves as posers. Right. You're all posers. You've never listened to Pink Floyd. Ever. Right. You don't You don't Not own once. any albums. Or you, you hear know it on Spotify. Song. Right, right. You had a girlfriend in college that liked marijuana. <laughs> you heard some Pink Floyd one time while she was giving you a hand, Joe. And you're like, yeah, I like Pink Floyd. It's cool, because it got me laid one time. I'll just tell all girls that. Listen. It makes me sound like I have, you know, dimension and depth. Number one, <laughs> not only... Have they always been liberal? Right. But this is not the gay flag. You, it's not. It's, it's a it's prism. A prism. Right. It's always been a it's prism. A, it's a generic rainbow. It, okay, the Dark Side of the Moon album cover has always been a prism. Woke agenda, <laughs> 1979. Woke agenda. How come it's a straight white line going into the prism? It comes out as a rainbow. My facts don't care about your feelings. <laughs> Asking the tough questions. <laughs> I fucking, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe people are mad oh at Pink God. fucking Floyd. Floyd. That's like the fucking, that's like all those fucking right-wing the, assholes of January 6th who were like singing Rage Against Rage the Machine against lyrics. The machine. And I'm like, oh, guys, what, who do you think the machine is? I'm like, yo, I'm like, please stop singing. You are somewhere. Zach De La Roca is having a heart attack because <laughs> you are singing these lyrics yeah, and he, you think, you think stroke. they support you. Right. right. Could you imagine? Like, Fuck you, won't do what you tell me. It's like, that song is about us, not you. Right. right. You're the you. We're the me. Right. <laughs> Who's the machine? Do you know what the machine is? <laughs> you it's are you. you. <laughs> like, we're pretty far in. Should we walk through the plot or? Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. Do you want to walk us through? This was your, this was your, this was your this call. It's my call. Opens with Eddie Murphy on a bus or he's on a truck. Yeah. He's on a mm-hmm. truck full of. Cigarettes. Lucky strikes. Yeah, lucky strikes. Which he and says, Paul these cig- he says, and Paul Malls. And Paul yeah. Malls. He says, Oof. these cigarettes are very popular with the children. Yeah. <laughs> they are not. Uh, <laughs> and you're not really sure what you're coming in on, but he is undercover. This starts off as a chase scene. I don't know. Cops you, pull up. You bought it? I, 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 bought, I didn't buy it. Like, I, I knew that it was undercover. Well, I mean, I, I've i seen it so many times, well, I don't know if I bought it, but though I think the goal is that you don't know exactly what's going on. Yeah, you don't know I if he's I think they a give cop. you kind of the right. sense, though. Yeah, but you don't know I, what I he's doing. You when don't he know was what, hinting at the $5, could he be a dirty cop? Is you know you don't really know. Uh, I guess you're right. Yeah, um, or it could, could be one of those movies going? where they're like, this plucky kid has street smarts, and we'll use him to you know like whatever. Right. Whatever. And then they make him a cop. Right. Honorary cop. Undercover. You're gonna go undercover to Beverly Hills. You'll yeah. fit right in. So, <laughs> cops pull up on this. They don't realize that Eddie Murphy, who is Axel Foley is a cop. This movie kicks off on a chase uh, where Eddie Murphy is just hanging from the chains on the back of this truck. It's it's a double trailer. And yeah. yeah. It's and like he's got really... a swinging trailer behind a yeah. swinging trailer. Yeah, he's really being whipped around. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, uh, apparently on set they refer to that as the train. Okay. Um, and they had uh. they replaced the bumper with an I-beam so that when it hit cars like towards the end of the thing it would uh-huh. just destroy them. Oh yeah, and it does. It tears through them like tissues. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's it's a pretty dynamic opening scene. There's cars exploding and yeah. there's millions of cops. It's classic like 80s like yeah. uh, two cars hit each other and they both explode in an <laughs> yeah, right. enormous explosion. In yeah. Giant upward explosions. <laughs> um <laughs> And then they finally get to the point where the truck has to stop because there are so many cops. Yeah. They all have their guns pointed and they're pointing it at Axel and they tell him to you know, put his hands up. 
And then the cop realizes it's him. Foley, I should have known this was you. Yeah, and so he starts laughing, and anyway. <laughs> so good, dude. They cut to the police station, and you sort of get the sense that he is always getting himself into some kind of trouble. He goes undercover without permission. He right. doesn't necessarily do anything by the book. And his boss comes tearing through the uh, station to give him a talking to because he just had his ass chewed out by his boss. Yes, his boss is like uh, like a detective, like a lead detective. Yeah. And, and he's like, Lieutenant Chief yelled at the Chief, and the Chief yelled at me, and he chewed my ass out. He says, I don't have any ass. And I love Eddie Murphy goes, hey, boss, you still got a little ass left. He didn't take it all. Yeah. Or whatever, and really pisses him off. But uh, Paul Reiser is in this. Yeah. Uh, just for a yep. little bit. I love Paul Reiser in Beverly Hills Cop 2. It's been a while since I saw He the has sequels. a more prominent role, but he's very much like his buddy. Yeah. Going off track. But Paul Reiser is in this and he's kind of, hey, Axel, you kind of fucked up here and you're in trouble and you can't do stuff like this. And I'm not trying to give you a hard time. And then that's when his boss comes in, gives him a hard time. Um, Paul Reiser has a real funny line there. The boss comes and he tells him to like mind his own business or whatever. Get out of this. This doesn't involve you. And he's standing behind Axel and he's like, oh, this is not my locker. And he like wanders off. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Anyway, so you get a feel for what kind of cop Axel is, and clearly he takes things into his own hands, but everybody knows he's a good cop. So he gets away with it because he does his job so well. Yeah, there's a line later on. uh, Once he gets to L.A. and he pisses off the L.A. cops, Lieutenant Bogomil, which is played by Ronnie Cox, he's the uh, lieutenant in charge of the L.A. like precinct. Mm. He's like, I just got off the phone with, you know, your boss you know detective whatever and he was like he said you're a very good cop which i find hard to believe but he said he almost had to fire you for insubordination which i find much easier to believe yeah (laughs) and i was like that's a great line yeah axel goes home from work he pulls up outside you see he's got this old beat up car he pulls up outside of his apartment it's a chevy malibu they say or something chevy something i think not a nova right i think it's a nova we're back to our boots on the ground research here. Uh, Chevy well, Nova. Oh, is it? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Anyway, so he gets into his apartment building. He is coming up the steps and realizes that his door is ajar. So he he sneaks into his apartment and finds his friend Mikey sitting there in the kitchen. Played by times? James Russo. Yeah, eating a meal. Yeah, He's but... got the fridge door propped open on, on a chair. That's right. You can tell that they know each other. He's excited to see him. They have a dialogue, an exchange, where you realize that Mikey is involved in some bad things. He's done some time. And... Yeah, they, they boosted cars, or at least one car, when they were kids. kids. And Mikey took the rap for it and never turned on... Axel never like said there was anybody else there so he went to jail for a few years and since then he's been like in and out that's right yeah Yeah. at some point he pulls out a stack of German bonds yeah Axel is more or less like I don't even want to know where you got them from don't tell me I don't want to know anything about that and then they leave and go to a bar this is where you get the backstory of why Axel didn't go to jail and why Mikey did Mikey tells him, you don't, you really don't know why I didn't give you up? And he's like, no. And he's like, because I love you, man. And they go back to Axel's apartment. They're yeah. both very drunk. Axel is holding Mikey up. And he's like, just, you know, balance. I got to open the door. Yeah. He turns his back. And these two thugs come, knock Axel out, yes. and kill Mikey. And you realize it's because he stole the German bonds. And the one is um, Casey, played by one of the Michaels. Right. And then the other is Zach, which is uh, Jonathan Banks. Yeah. They leave Axel for dead, but he's not dead. He's just knocked out. 
the police arrive. Axel is outside. Uh, his boss tells him to go to the hospital and get his head looked at. He refuses. There's a back and forth. He the, says, like, don't put so-and-so on the case. And he's right. Like, he's like, why not? And he's like, this was my friend. And he, he's too you. close to it anyway, yeah. and they yeah, would I never mean. do that. Axel realizes this and says, all right, I'm going to take my vacation. At this point, you can see the wheel spinning that Axel is going to investigate this on his vacation, and yeah. he's going to get away with it because he's not on the clock. And this is when he decides to go to Beverly Hills. Yes, and it's 20 minutes into the movie. And we've got a ton of character. We have a really good idea who Axel is. And we have plenty of reasoning for, like, why he's doing this, what the stakes are to him, like, everything. Which, I mean, it should be. It's called Beverly Hills Cop. Right. right. And this movie is apparently, well, it's, it's an hour 45. Mm-hmm. So it's not that long. But no. it's apparently the longest of the Beverly Hills Cops. Huh. Really? Apparently, yeah. Never noticed. It can't be by much. No, I wouldn't think so. Like, I can't imagine that Probably there's like a, a few minutes. There's an 88 minute, like. <laughs> no. The second one feels longer to me. The third one, I don't even talk about. <sighs> All I remember the third one is the climbing on the Ferris wheel or whatever it is scene. Yeah, it's bad. It had mo- a lot more Judge Reinhold. He kind of plays like this Opie character the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's a bit of a dum-dum. Yeah. Yeah. But, they, I mean, they lean into it pretty hard here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he nails it. He oh, he's great. Does oh, yeah. He's really good, good at job it. At yeah. it. He's, he's just, his eyes are so wide all the time. Like, yeah. I'm just like, this guy has no Oh, my God. Leave. He just <laughs> has that, like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, him in the, the strip all the club. Dude, him in the strip club is. The whole time <laughs> cracking Billy, me up. Billy, it's okay if your dick gets hard. Your dick's supposed to get hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, see, Tag is never going to tell you if his dick gets hard because he's the boss. <laughs> he's yeah. like, me, I'm all, he's like, I'm off duty. My dick can be hard if it wants to. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking funny, dude. And then he's like, I think she likes you. He's like, yeah. And he's, he's like, like yeah. I have no doubt in my mind. He's like, Billy, here. He hands him like a dollar. He's like, he's like put that in her thing. Yeah, <laughs> put, that like, thing put that in her thingy. She's going to love it. <laughs> and so it's like, it's Judge Reinhold awkwardly reaching like yeah. backwards over his own shoulder <laughs> to like put it in her like G-string, right. like hip, hip strap and like. Taggart's like Billy, <laughs> <laughs> but his like his mouth is hanging open the whole time, and his eyes are wide, and it's, it's so, so fun. funny. Yeah, it is really really funny. Oh man, that whole scene is really funny. It is because <laughs> Vanity is playing in the background, Nasty Girl or whatever. Yeah, Nasty Girl, written and by Prince. Of course it is. It's yeah, Vanity. I know, but like, All, I was like, Vanity was created by Prince. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh. I was like, I know this song. Yeah. I was like, don't I? But yeah. then I got distracted by the movie. And I looked it up later. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Vanity. Yeah, Vanity. Vanity 6. Vanity 6. Apparently, the stripper that's on stage in that scene. Is Sheila E. No, suggested, oh. that, uh, <laughs> suggested that song. That was the song she would dance to. Her name is Mouse. You get a little bit of information about Mikey in that info dump that we get in the apartment. He was working at an art gallery as a security guard. And he's like, how did you get that job? And he mentions a friend of theirs, mutual friend named Jenny. She helped him get a job. Right. Axel knows the last place Mikey was, was in Beverly Hills. So he suspects people in Beverly Hills will know who killed Mikey. And that's why he goes to Beverly Hills. He shows up to the Beverly Hills Palm Hotel. That's a real good scene because this is where you start to see him really creating these characters. He just like slides into any circumstance because he creates a story that people either believe or they think he's so nuts that they're just like, I don't care, just go. Yeah, they don't have time. I thought he was going to big time the... Because I was like, I don't remember exactly. But I was like, oh, is he going to be like, don't you know who I am? Like that kind of thing. Right. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm a reporter from Rolling Stone. I was like, oh, is he going to be like, 
Yeah. He's like, I interviewed, like, blah, blah, blah. But he, he says, I'm, he's going to interview Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, if I was some out-of-town hotshot, you'd, you know, roll out the red carpet. And he's like, but I'm just some lowly reporter working at Rolling Stone. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh, he, like, small-timed him, uh-huh. weirdly. And I was like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool. Um, they're saying that there's no rooms. And so they won't give him a room. And he knows that there's no rooms because he just overheard the woman telling someone on the phone oh, right, that there yeah. are no rooms. He says that he's going to tell Michael Jackson. He says the article was going to be called Michael Jackson sitting on top of the world. Except for. Except for at the Palms Hotel, Beverly Hills. <laughs> right. Because they don't rent rooms to. And I'm not going to repeat nope. what he says. No, uh, Eddie Murphy can say it in 1984. Yeah, he can say it whenever he wants. Yeah. In fact, uh, I cannot. No. Uh, but. All the white people had the reaction you think they would, yes. and they go, "Oh, sir, we do have a room." You mean the one that we're all having now? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that, uh, and the, the hotel like concierge is like, uh, "I believe okay. a, we have an opening right now." Yeah. And so he gives him a suite, but says he'll rent it to him at the Standard regular, room yeah, price. the regular room price, which you can tell is way out of his budget when he tells him this. Yeah, because he like freezes for a second. It's like two hundred thirty something a night. Two ninety five a night oh, okay. or something. Yeah. And he like freezes for a second. And he goes, "Perfect." That's right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> And then he goes over to the gallery where Jenny works. This is where Bronson Pinchot appears <laughs> and makes quite an appearance. Serge. Yeah, Serge. Serge. And he can't get Axel Foley's name right. The uh, accent is so weird. It's so goofy. And it seems every once in a while I'm like, I think I know what he's going for. Not, go, not, not, not that he's not doing it, but I, think, I was like, I think I know where he's getting like these vowel sounds and shit, but <laughs> so it keeps changing. It's Martin Short and Father of the Bride. <laughs> It's very uh, Martin Short, okay, the yeah. father of the bride. Yeah. bride. yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. Not the Martin Short. Not the Martin Short from Blue Street. You know, you know, starting that show, Martin. Uh huh. <laughs> Damn, Gina. That would be a very different show. Oh my God. <laughs> Except he's the only change. <laughs> oh, that'd be such a great show. Every, oh yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah, but wouldn't it? Oh uh, my God, but he wouldn't it drastically be, he change can't everything. Be no, he can't. You know, he would just be Ed Grimley. Yeah. It'd be drag Ed Grimley. That's exactly what it would be. Uh-huh. I kind of want to see that now. Martin Short. Martin Short. Martin Short. This has become the Martin Short podcast. Uh, Martin Short derailed us again. It's a gif of like a train <laughs> with Martin Short's face on it going off a track. The Martin Short train is here. Martin Short. Oh, Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot. They have a real funny interaction. The art exhibit is absurd. There's like heads spinning on plates. It's and like, like, yeah, weird mannequins and like yeah. uh, ceramic, like, yeah, body parts. Like Yeah, they're like moving. Yes. On plates. They're, and <laughs> This is also like 1984. So this is like when he's like, I have an espresso maker or whatever in yeah. the back. I make it. I have all the things, you know, all that. <laughs> it's very much like, isn't coffee weird? <laughs> Yeah. It's that year. I mean, like, right. the 80s into the 90s had that, and then the 90s ran with sushi. That was, like... Yes. Anytime, okay, yeah. Anytime anybody was, like... If Let's it make was, somebody quirky. Right. Manic, yeah. manic pixie dream girl uh-huh. shit, or, like, if you wanted to sell somebody as being, like, worldly, mm-hmm. they like sushi. Yeah. Or if they're weird or whatever. An espresso. Right. Yeah. They have an espresso and sushi. Mm-hmm. Why the woman hid in the sumos <laughs> with her cart? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That person doesn't realize how often we're going to call that back. No. That was a fan mail. Martin Search. Short Train is here. Martin Short. Mm-hmm. Derailed by Martin Short again. It's better than being derailed by Hoobastank. That is true. Oh, God. What if you joined Hoobastank? I mean, there is a reason. The reason, in <laughs> fact. Martin Short. <laughs> That's the you in that one. We, the right wing is you're the you and uh, uh-huh. fuck you, okay, we'll do what you tell me. But Martin Short is the you and the reason. I don't think he's okay with that. No, it's like when Alanis wrote that song about going down on Uncle Joey. I 
if that's true. I don't think it's. I think that's one of the. I think that's that Marilyn Manson lost his rib thing. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, she did date him, but at no point did she ever say it was about him. No, no, she's never been like, and oh, this is who it is. she still hasn't said who it is. I think he straight up said it's not about me. Well, he said it wasn't, but then he was like kind of enjoying the fact that it might be. Well, yeah, because people were like, yo, they blew you. She blew you in a theater. Right. This incredibly you, hot, very talented, like breakout artist. Very big mouth. Used to, she, she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I don't have a dick, but I'm just saying. I get what's appealing. Is it? Is it not? Uh, I don't know. I guess you have to have something to put in it. Right. I guess it depends on Uncle Joey. A lot of this is hanging on Uncle Joey. Oh, and how he's hanging. And how he's hanging. We, it's true. <laughs> now I'm dinging it. Martin Short. Hanging with Uncle Joey. Hanging with Uncle Joey. <laughs> That's a Mr. Cooper nobody wanted. <laughs> a show where Martin Short plays Uncle Joey's penis. <laughs> it's short. <laughs> oh my god, my face feels like it's gonna explode. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> this fictitious 80s sitcom no one wanted. Somebody wants it. Somebody does want it. Somebody wants it. <laughs> I guarantee you want it with the woodchuck and all. I guarantee Martin Short and Uncle Joey want them royalties though. <laughs> It's like a Bojack joke. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we need character actress Margo Martindale. Margo Martindale. She was the landlady. Oh, I'm crying. She'd come in and say her trademark catchphrase Joey, you card. (sighs) Put some pants on, for God's sake. (laughs) He's always got that woodchuck out. Yeah. They were, that was the joke. They would position the woodchuck puppet so it blocked his uh, penis and everything. Uh, yeah, enormous schlong. When they cut to the close-up, it was Martin Short hanging upside down like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> With a pink unitard. Oh, my God. It was like Herman's head. <laughs> it was a terrible yet plausible show. We're writing it. Boy, we are so on course, guys. <laughs> Y'all, there's really not a more accurate descriptor of this show than we are so on course. I mean, this is what we always do. It is. This is why I love we, it. We can't my, get it together. My face hurts so much from laughing. I'm just broken. My, fa- my cheeks hurt so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have to not react now. I have to fucking Michael Myers it. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, I like there's a little interaction between Serge and like his assistant. And his shirt is open. Yeah. And he's like, button that up. And then he's like, that's not, that's not sexy. That's whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was originally supposed to be... Because the character was smaller, Serge was like mm-hmm. just like a guy. Um, so that the assistant was supposed to basically split equal screen time. The two of them were going to like deal with Foley, mm-hmm. like the same way I guess he talked to the two cops that arrest yeah. him, that kind of thing. When Bronson Pinchot was like, I think I was going to do this character, which he apparently based on like a makeup lady from a previous like film he had been on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Martin <laughs> Brest was like, oh, this this is great. That guy got the other guy, the assistant got like scooted to like having one line or whatever, so that 
It was the Serge show. This is where we meet Jenny, who is an old friend of Axel's and Mikey's. She's really excited to see him until he has to tell her why he's there. Yes. He mentions that Mikey is dead and doesn't exactly say he's investigating his death, but gives her the impression that he is. Yeah. Jenny's played by Lisa Eilbacher. Don't know her. She's good in this, though. She is. This scene is great. Yeah, well, and she's she's real funny. She's real quick. Yeah, she's she likable. Is. She's yeah. funny. And yeah, I, she, they have surprised. really good rapport. She was a holdover from when it was a Stallone movie. She was the love interest. For whatever reason, they chickened, like, the love interest angle, and they're just, like, old friends. Yeah, I mean, he, he flirts with her a little bit. The argument could be made that Axel Foley is, like, pansexual. Yeah. He flirts oh, with everybody. Wait, he seems the type. We, yeah. Forgot, yeah. we forgot a thing I have to, I have to mention. And also, when, you know... Mikey, not to derail us too much, but when Mikey's like, I love you, man. And he says it like, it's it's not it like. It could go either way. It's not like, yo, you're, you're drunk best friends. Like, I love you, man. No, like, yeah, it's he, like. He kind of says it like, I love you. Like, yeah, I, like you know, it could be. Yeah, yeah. it could be a rom- more romantic. Uh-huh. And and Axel kind of like, like looks at him for a second, but doesn't. Doesn't respond. No, doesn't mm-hmm. respond. Doesn't have any kind of reaction. Isn't like, oh, hey, hey you're just drunk. Like, doesn't no. play it off. It's just like, oh, kind of like sits in the moment. And then right. it's like. Yeah. And I was like, I like this because it's the 80s. Uh-huh. We could have could have been a lot fucking you know worse. Yeah, and that was the thing. Watching this, I was like, this aged surprisingly well. Yeah, there's really not a whole lot in it that I was like, ooh, that. Didn't... No, not I can't think of I... anything where I was no. really like, ooh, that wouldn't fly today. No, I forgot to mention. There's a montage while he's walking through Beverly Hills. Yes, mm-hmm. and he walks past yeah. two guys wearing his stand-up outfit. Yeah, is it one delirious? Is, or one is, is it... wearing. I think it's the delirious one. The red. The red, the red one. one. Yeah. What, was yeah. the, what was the other one? He was wearing a black. Yeah, they're they're wearing the same outfit, but in contrasting. But like colors. contrasting, right? Yeah. But what's the other one? Raw. I think Raw has the blue one, right? I I get them confused. I love them both so much. Yeah, and I definitely saw them. Oh my around God. the same time, like uh, Delirious is the red. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Raw is blue. But he sees them walk by in the, in that suit, and he starts cracking up. Anyway. Uh, we're getting derailed. Martin Short came back. Um, right, he keeps showing up. Yeah, it's just oh, he's like the um Thomas the Tank Engine, you know, like that face, but yeah. it's Martin it's just Short. Martin Short's face on Thomas <laughs> the Tank. <laughs> that is a fever dream and a half. Yeah, I got I got to make that image now. <laughs> yeah, yeah you get to Photoshop that. Uh-huh, unless about it. It's like a photo. Fo- it's like a photo of us, like sitting here with like this train coming in. I don't know. It's cursed footage. <laughs> 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 fucking slender man but it's martin short's face on a toy train slender short <laughs> hanging with uncle joey little <laughs> well, tina's crying <laughs> weeping openly <laughs> i got to make a title card for hanging with uncle joey now I mean, he kind of already looks like Thomas. He kind of does. <laughs> like, if you look at the side by side, hang on a minute. Oh, fuck. Uh, Martin the tank engine. Martin. Martin the derailment engine. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, so we get we meet Jenny. Uh, Jenny finds out that Mikey has passed away. Yeah, I want to say, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy's really good in this scene. I very much like the way he delivers the news to her, and it's actually cop-like. I was thinking about that. I was like, I wonder if the way he delivers it is going to be like a friend delivering this news or like a professional who has to tell people that somebody has died. Yeah. And also like as a performer, he doesn't try to make it funny or anything like he's like, oh, and he doesn't 
overplay it being like serious or sad or whatever. No, he takes a real long pause. Yeah. And then he just says, Mikey's dead. And that's it. And then he lets her kind of have her moment. Yeah. And then she asks questions and he answers them. But he delivers it very well. Like, he's very composed. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, I don't know, especially, like, even even I, who I've watched a bunch of these movies over the years, but, like, I forgot, like, Eddie Murphy, like, could act. Yeah. Because, like, anymore he shows up in anything and it's, like, all the clumps and shit, where he's, like, <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. uh-huh. or it's the, sh- fuck, the last thing I saw him in was in fucking one of the Shrek movies, where he's doing a voice yeah. of Donkey. Donkey, Donkey. yeah. It's not a part that you would call, like, I don't know, subtle. He got into that weird family drawn genre for a minute. And, yeah, yeah. And it's, I, it's the, the, not are we great. there yet? Was that him or no? Daddy no. daycare. Daddy daycare. Daddy daycare. Are you, I mean, are we he there did yet? well Space in that. Cube? But he really did well in that space, though. Oh yeah. Do you know? Uh, do you remember the movie Meet Dave? The whole thing is that he is a robot that is human sized and it's piloted by a bunch of tiny like aliens that run his body like a starship. It's what. I, I, I said remember. it. You heard it, and that's what it is. It's called yeah. Meet Dave. No, I can I can second it. I I heard of it. I haven't seen it. They, but I, I remember seeing like a poster or seeing it at the video store or something. But I do remember what you're talking about. Eddie Murphy in Eddie Murphy. That oh, needs to be said a much no. better way. No, no, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. So they did a promotional thing. I don't know if it was like one opening or the grand opening, or if it was like at certain movie theaters. But there was like a huge head of. Eddie Murphy, you could go inside. Like, the heart at the... Uh-huh, the Franklin the, Institute, Institute, you know? You could walk through it. Oh, yeah, it makes me so anxious. Oh, it's great. So they did this with a giant photorealistic Eddie Murphy head. And so now there is this photo that exists. Oh, my God! <laughs> Eddie Murphy's head driving down the fucking highway. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> oh, man, could you imagine It's Thomas the Train! This is... It's thematically relevant. We made it thematically relevant. <laughs> Full circle, we did it. Tied it together. Well God. done, everybody. I can't get to heaven if that's the last thing I see. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the opening of Final Destination 2? <laughs> oh, my Eddie Murphy's giant head rolling down the highway and killing teenagers. <laughs> and Devin Sawa wakes up in math class and, Eddie Murphy! <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> What happened, Devin? Uh, Meet Dave! Oh, oh God, I'm back! Final Destination fucked a lot of us up. It did. Put that put that fear into me all the time. Yeah, same. Yeah. How did we get here? We hopped on the Martin Short train. <laughs> We're never getting off. <laughs> Legal team. Legal team. Holy shit. I like we've created a new character for the show, which is Martin Short train. <laughs> it just derails all conversations. Uh, well, he'll yeah. be he'll be back. <laughs> uh, he, I think he's going to be on the show more than you and Beerman combined. I'm okay with that. I think he's already been on more than me. He was uncredited. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> this has taken a real turn. We, I don't know if we've ever been this far off course. No. <laughs> but. It's also weird because, like, usually it's harder to get us to talk about a movie that we didn't like or that there's not a lot to say, you know, about. Yeah. But we like them. Uh, well, we do like this. Yeah. We didn't even have to get to the point where I... we asked. No, yeah. Like, I knew you wanted to do it. Yeah. And we'd already talked about, you know, how, you know you're like, I love that movie. And I was mm. like, yeah. And I was like, I definitely know I love it. I haven't seen it in a long time. But I was like, yeah. I don't know if Michael has seen it or likes it or whatever. But, like, just since we've been talking, like, I was like, yeah. Usually the movies we don't like are the ones where it's like, do you see what was in the news? Like, I don't want to talk about the smokers. I don't want to talk about Food yeah. Fight. Like, I don't want to talk about those. 
Michael's first time seeing it. Oh, yeah? Nice. Anyway, Jenny finds out that Mikey's dead, right? Yes. So she realizes that he's probably going to investigate it. She gives him some information that Victor Maitland is his boss. Yes. Also Jenny's boss. Yeah, Maitland is played by Stephen Burkoff, who's like, this was like a big role for him. He's like a Bond villain. He is, yeah. Uh, I think he had been in a Bond. He's very Bond-like. Um, as like, a, you know, not the big the big yeah. bad, but like one of those guys. But he had, he played a lot of that character. Like the... The Jonathan Banks character he had sort of mm-hmm. played in a lot of things, mm-hmm. like second banana, third third tier guy. And then this was like him as like, yeah, the big bad. And he's really good. Yeah. He's got like the right amount of gravitas that like, he doesn't get a lot of screen time, but like he's making the most of it the whole time and like toying with Axel and, and he plays really well off of Eddie Murphy because he always seems kind of amused by him. Right. Which is mm-hmm. probably easy to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you're on this, you're supposed to be like, all right, you hate this guy. And then it's Eddie Murphy and they're just like like a whirlwind of like weird improv and stuff. And you're just like, okay, I'm still going to kill you, but this is fun. You know, he like, yeah, it's a little creepy too. He, he gives me like, he's slimy silence of the lambs, Anthony Hopkins vibes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. A little bit. Hannibal Lecter has that. He's like, I have the upper hand here. Like, right. I, you know, I'm in control of our interaction. And that's how Maitland feels basically until he dies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it doesn't waver. No, no. Pretty Mm -hmm. confident. I think he's surprised by how Axel doesn't back down. Yeah, how he keeps coming for him. He's very persistent. He's aggressive. Yeah, and and he's surprised by that, you can tell, where he's like, this kid's not giving up. Yeah, because the first time Axel confronts him, it's at Maitland's office where he pretends to be a flower delivery guy. (laughs) And he's like, I got this flower to to Maitland. And she's like, oh, okay, uh, I don't see a delivery schedule, but you can just leave them here. He's like, no, flowers are my life. I got to deliver these in person. (laughs) Yeah, flowers are my life. I love that line so much. And he's like halfway up the stairs already. Oh, my God, yeah. You got to make sure that that he gets these. Flower delivery is my life. It's so funny. Well, like, that's his character. I love it. Like, he doesn't give people time to, like, think about what he said. Like, he just gets in there. No, it's like like snake oil salesman. Exactly. It's just like talking a mile a minute. And by the time you realize that this is, you know, bullshit, shit he's already got your he's wallet gone. out and right. he's got your money and he's gone like, uh, right he's he's jimmy durannying all over the place yeah dude it's it's really oh, good it's so great yeah busting on maitland maitland's talking to zach and he just starts me he's like you know do you know my friend you know mikey and he's like you know he's like oh michael worked for me sure you know whatever and he's like well he died you know and then he, mm. he drops the drops that on him and he's like i just want to know like what, what do you do for you here and he's like i'm sorry who are you again he's like name's foley he's like all right mr foley and he's maybe the authorities should handle this and he's like hitting the button yeah. like and so he's like six big security guards drag him out and then they i they fucking forgot they throw him they throw him out the window it's jazzy jeff plate glass window yeah plate glass window i yeah. couldn't believe it <laughs> like when they were walking out the window i was like they're not gonna and he's just like threw yeah. it out like, right. like the door the door was right, right there. there like right. they could have just well, like now you gotta replace the window right like, and, and yeah Murphy like gets up just... and he's like what is this shit yeah and then he gets arrested yeah and right. he's like you arrest people for being thrown through windows i mean that kind of tracks sure. but like <laughs> he was the one thrown right. through the window so apparently martin breast didn't he was like i don't know if I'm qualified to deal with like the racial component of these interactions. Mm-hmm. So he was like, I don't really want to address any of that. So none of all that stuff that was in the script was like taken out. Like anything, anything that was written in like, Oh, maybe it's, you know, like a racism thing. Like we can play that up. And they were like, nah, he's like, I don't know if I'm qualified for this, mm-hmm. but every time, which isn't a lot, but every time Eddie Murphy works it in, like through his like ad libbing and improv, Martin Brest was always like, that really worked. Like, and he left it all in, like... Well, right. And I was like, yeah, because, like, it's not... 
It's it's it, an informed choice. Right. It's not and it's also not forced. It's not being like, right. oh, we're gonna write to this point. No, this is a component of these interactions. Mm-hmm. Like everybody in Beverly Hills is rich and white and I'm neither. Yeah. So apparently the part of the impetus for this was like I think it was Michael Eisner from really? Disney. Uh-huh. Drove uh, you know, into I guess it was Beverly Hills or LA or something, and he was in like his family's like beat up station wagon and he got pulled over for like a traffic violation. And he's like, the cop treated me so disrespectfully because, like, my car was, like, shitty. That oh. he, Wow, like, the class disparity here is, like, really something. And that should be, you know, like, maybe that could be something we use in a, a movie or whatever. And it kind of got, like, eventually rolled into this. And that's why there's so much business made of Axel's shitty car. Mm. Huh. Apparently, apocryphally, the next day he bought, like, a Porsche or Mercedes-Benz or whatever. Of course. Because he's like, oh, I never think I'm a... I'm a poor. Oh, my God. <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> While I work at one of the biggest, uh, you know, mega corporations of all time. It's like, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Right. You're good. So he gets arrested. I really like when they pull up in front of the police station. First off, he's talking about how clean the car is. Like, oh, the cleanest were... cop car I've ever been in. Yeah. It's nicer than my apartment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they pull up and, like, there's this beautiful police station. And they're, like, walking him up the front. Of it. it looks yes. like a college campus. Yeah, it's <laughs> a college campus. They're walking him up the steps, and he's like, man, this is nice. This is really nice. But as they get him out of the car, he's like, listen, if you see any celebrities, could you point, point them, them out? out? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Cause I, I'm not, I've never had that happen before. Like, yeah. <laughs> so apparently they weren't allowed to film at, at all in the Beverly Hills Police Department headquarters. Like, he, he, you know, Martin Brest was like, oh, maybe we can just film there. Couldn't. They built a set where he was like, well, I want it to be the contrast to the Detroit one. Mm-hmm. And he had got, uh, Martin Brest, I guess, had just gotten fired from um, War Games. Okay. He was supposed to be the director on that. And maybe he worked on it and, and got fired partway through production. Make it look like the, you know, like that. Like, that was his idea. Like, make it look super sleek and technologically advanced with a lot of, like, buttons and lights. It and... looked like he walked onto the bridge of Star Trek. Axel but... Foley's like, you got triples over there, you know that? <laughs> place full of tribbles wildly different visually than the detroit and one. he doesn't really say it but as he's walking around he's you just see his, like, yeah, yeah. he looks like he's on a spaceship he's yeah. like looking around arching his neck he goes in and talks about how polite they all are yeah. and taggart and rosewood yeah they're the ones that are going to be investigating you know what just happened why he got thrown through the window why yeah, he was at victor maitland's yes yeah, yeah, yeah uh they get into a little bit of an argument axel provokes Taggart, and Taggart punches him in the gut. Taggart's boss comes out. What's his name? He begins with a B? Bogomil. Bogomil comes out. Yeah, it's Ronnie Cox. Yeah, and he comes out, and he's like, do you want to file a complaint against this officer? He's like, what? No, why? What For what? He's He's like, like, I'm a cop. He's like, taken aback. Yeah. Why would he ask me that? I'm a cop. He's like, well, he assaulted you, and he's like, no, it's it's fine. He's like, cops don't file complaints against cops. And he's like, well, we do things by the book here. Okay, no, I'm not going to file. Yeah, He was probably getting ready to say I was about to assault him back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean. But Axel does a good job of provoking people. It's something he's very good at. He eggs them on to the point where they hit him. Yeah. There's this moment where they, you know, they ask him, like, why didn't you identify yourself as a cop? He's like, because that's not, I wasn't trying to get involved in all this. Like, that's. Yeah, he has a bullshit story about I was uh, just walking down the street minding my own business. Yeah, right. I was yeah. looking for someone to use the bathroom. bathroom. It looked like a clean building. Yeah. yeah. But he, like, <laughs> talks about how he's like, I'm on vacation. And he keeps holding to that story. I'm on yeah. vacation. I'm on vacation. He won't admit that he's investigating anything. Yeah. They book him and Jenny bails him out. And then she drives him back to the hotel. 
And that's when and the, here we have our the banana infamous, and the tailpipe. infamous banana yes. and the tailpipe scene. So he gets to the hotel. Jenny is there at the hotel with him. She's like, how can you afford this place? And he's like, I don't know. They gave me the price for the, yeah. the single room or whatever. He starts talking about how he's going to steal the robes. Yes. Yeah. And then he calls for room service. And he orders the late night supper menu to be delivered to Rosewood and Taggart, who are in the car outside of the hotel, Dude, staking him out. The like uh, bellhop guy like mm-hmm. carrying the tray across. It's so level. It's so good. Like, yeah, he, it keeps that thing fucking so perfectly level. I know. Level. I was like, what a great. What and there great... are cars coming. Yes. And he's just. Big giant yeah. silver tray. Yeah, he just stops like... in the middle of the street. Yep. There's like, yeah. Nothing. It, 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 like water wouldn't even move. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Well, and so much so that he's holding it so still by the car yeah. that I thought for a second it was like one of those. Those drive-in things? Drive-in, like hook on. Yeah, I could see that trays it's not though it's round it doesn't hook onto the door he's just holding holding it that well he says it's compliments of axel foley he when he delivers the food and they're like what yeah billy's like how did he uh how did he know we followed him and taggart's like because i let you drive (laughs) billy gets roped in and wants this shrimp salad sandwich (laughs) so funny he's like this looks pretty good yeah and he's like hungry so he decides he's gonna take it in the midst of all this craziness where taggart's like why would he send us food axel goes up to banana man banana man it's credited as banana Banana man Man. and buys two bananas or he doesn't buy them he says he's gonna buy them yeah, he's, he's like, like, how much well, for the banana? It's twelve fifty a plate. You get plums and apples and, a pomegranate and whatever. Yeah. And whatever. Yeah. And he's he's like, like, I just need bananas. Just a couple of bananas. He's like, here, you take those. The take late, those the late night <laughs> fruit special. <laughs> so he runs out across the street with the two bananas, shoves them in the tailpipe. Yeah. While all this chaos about the late supper menu goes on, I like the in- exchange between like he winks at, at the 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 server and yeah, and the server's like, like I got you. Well, and uh-huh. like he he has no idea what's going on. No. Like but the he kitchen just back. the kitchen sent him out to, but he knows something fucky is going on. And like if you see him like a guy who's putting bananas in the guy's <laughs> tailpipe that you just had cooked food delivered to, you're in on the gag. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, you you know at that point, okay, here I am. I, I got. Yeah, he's like, I don't know exactly what's going on, but but I mean, what do you? What else do you do? The right. working, the working class. We get. Yeah, it, my job is yeah. to deliver the food, and right, that's right. what I'm doing, I've and I'm staying job. out of right. everything. Oh, else. it was so well executed. Yeah, it's it good. It was, yeah, but perfect the, scene. But the fucking server guy winks with the eye that's close <laughs> yeah. to the cop car. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, no. Uh, I was no, waiting no. for them to catch it, but yeah. they don't because no, they're no. so stupid and like no, caught up in the food. Right. They only caught him until he caught the street yeah until the car putters out yeah right now is as good a time as any to play uh my my usual thing of welcome back to the show okay i have three welcome back to the shows welcome back to the show damon wayans from episode 72 last action hero he played himself oh okay he's uh, he's at the premiere uh welcome back to the show judge reinhold (laughs) episode 53 he is in beethoven's third and beethoven's fourth yes as a richard yeah Uh uh-huh And welcome back to the show, James Russo, who plays Mikey in this. Uh-huh. Uh, he played River Phoenix's dad in uh, episode 86, My Own Private Idaho. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so he puts the bananas in the tailpipe so that they can't tail him. Yeah. He goes with Jenny over to, do they go to the warehouse at this point? Where do they yes. go? This is the bonded uh, whatever. Oh, he, but he doesn't go with Jenny. Yeah. He goes by himself. No, he does. She drives him to the warehouse. 
Oh, but he she tells her to go stay. In. No, he tells her to stay in right, the car. Right, okay. And he's yeah. like, if you hear like glass breaking and shit, that's me breaking in there. <laughs> no, no, no. He says that the second time. That's when she insists on going in with him because uh, he's like, yeah, I mean, you don't have to go with me, but if you hear glass breaking, it's because I broke the door. They go to like a storage warehouse. That's the first one. He goes in. That's where he sees the coffee grounds. Coffee grounds. Yes. Right. Okay. Then they go to the bonded warehouse. Like... Yeah, where he checks to see if things are going through customs. Right, and that's yeah. where stuff is held before it can go to, through customs, and he. Sneaks in there, and <laughs> that scene is actually shot really well. Like, mm-hmm. while he's sneaking around, like, he's perfectly in focus, and everything else is, like, out of... Fo- yeah. I was like, oh, it's cool. It, like, because it's this giant space, and by making everything else out of focus, it makes it seem, like, less less obvious that you'd be able to see him, kind of. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, it's really... Yeah, it's really well shot. Um and, like, a lot of this movie takes place, not a lot, half of it, maybe. It takes place at night, and it's really mm. well lit. Yeah. yeah. Especially, like, for the 80s, a lot of that stuff was just like, oh, it's night, so we don't need lights. And I'm like, yeah. cool, this black shape against this dark blue shape. And I'm like, what is this? Like, Well, that warehouse is aggressively lit, too. Yeah, it's so like, the bonded warehouse is really yeah, well Yeah, that's, like, yeah. industrial strength. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it looks like a Home Depot. Yeah. Right. He goes in there... The security guard does stop him, and he asks for a match. He plays a security inspector. Yeah, well, first so he asks funny. for a match, and he's like, uh, you can't, can't, like, smoke, in you can't here, smoke in here. He's like, I'm going to take it outside. And then he's <laughs> like, Where, is your supervisor here? And he pretends to be an yeah. inspector. Yeah. And now they're all in trouble. I'm going to take your badges, call your wives. You're going to be here all night. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, I just walked in here dressed like this. And, <laughs> and this and guy gave me a match. He, he gave me a match. <laughs> he's like, this guy, nobody asked me anything. This guy even gave me a match. So you gave him a match? He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, I'm going to need to see. He's like, we're going to have to check. You know, he's like, security in here is very lax. We're going to have to check the, uh, I forget, like the papers, basically, mm-hmm. for every one of these packages. Starting with this one that he's sitting on, which is Maitland's one, which he yeah. followed from the original warehouse. Yeah, like, he wants the manifests for everything. Yes, that's how they got from warehouse one to bonded warehouse. Right. And the way he got to the first warehouse was that was the warehouse that Mikey worked at. So right. yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, okay, this makes sense. But, you know, what is Maitland doing, you know? bringing german bonds in or you know whatever right after that is the strip club yes because he shows up back at the hotel where they're waiting for him yes he pops into the backseat of the car they give him a hard time and he's like well listen I, the late supper you know i i sent that in goodwill i i've been on a stakeout i got hungry too yeah. he said the banana on the tailpipe i just needed some privacy and yeah. it's a real funny like yeah interaction but then he's like oh, i'm gonna go have a drink you guys want to come with me i know a good place i saw it it's, it's your speed you'll it's, like it's it real conservative you all love it they're like no we're all, we're on the clock we don't yeah. drink on the clock and he's like well i'm gonna go have a drink and you're gonna tail me anyway so yeah. you can come with me we could be friends or yeah. you could just follow me over there and so they decide to go with him and the next scene they cut to is like just a topless woman in a g-string yes mm-hmm. eddie murphy axel dances this whole scene yeah, he just keeps doing the shoulder shimmy <laughs> the entire is time. It's so funny. Because he's, he's doing it, and it feels antagonistic to right. to them. But then, even after he notices the that these two guys have come in, they're very suspicious. They look up to something. They're wearing heavy jackets, despite the fact that he's like, it's July or August or whatever he yeah. says. And he's like, I don't think it's... Because uh, he says Taggart. He's like, you see that guy? And he's like, he's still doing the yeah. shoulder shimmy. And he's like... He's like, doesn't it seem a little uh, hot to be wearing such a heavy jacket? He's like, yeah, I guess it does. He goes, that's his partner by the bar. They came in together. He's like, they're up to something. He's like, why don't you go cover that guy and I'll go find out what this guy at the bar is doing. So even when he's like doing cop shit, he's still like shimmying to the song. It's so funny. Well, and he orders a... Well, scotch and soda or something, yeah. and he gets them seltzers. They or they club order sodas. club sodas, and he's like, "Don't give me a club soda, I'll throw up." Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> He's like, don't get the drinks confused. If, if I drink club soda, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> such a funny line. And then he acts drunk and goes up to the dude by the bar. Yeah, and he's like, Phil! hey, it's Phil. <laughs> hey, man, I haven't seen you in a while. You say you don't come around here anymore. What's up, Phil? Yeah. Come on, Phil. What you do? He's like, I don't know. You get away from me. He's like, Phil, man, come on. You know me, Phil. He, he's, he's like, give me a kiss, baby. He, he's like, my friend said it wasn't you, but it's you. It's I know Phil. it's you. I said it's Phil. <laughs> like, it's really, really funny and obnoxious. And yeah. Like, and yeah, the, the guy like pushes him and then like pulls a shotgun out. Yeah. And Axel disarms him. <laughs> but he he plays it still. Like, he's got the shotgun pointed to him, and he's still like, oh, Phil, come on! Yeah, yeah. And then, like, it's close enough to him to, like, disarm him at the same time that Taggart pulls a gun on the partner. On the other guy. And then Billy sees what's going on, because they, they told Billy, stay here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Billy comes running over, he pulls a gun, and he's like, freeze! The guy that Axel already has on the ground right. and has a gun drawn on him. And he's like, he's like, freeze, you're under arrest! And he goes... Billy, that's some top-notch police work. Yeah, <laughs> you laugh so hard. It's so funny. And like, and, and, and Judge Reinhold's reaction is kind of like, thanks. Like, he yeah, kind of has this, like, grin. He's a wagging dog. It's, he's just... It's so good. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, that, that strip club scene is, like, such a great scene. And it's not that long. Like, it's no, a pretty brief pretty scene, quick. but it's yeah. so full of, like, just great moments, like compacted you kind of establish how i mean you already kind of know this but like you really hone down on his skill as a cop like yeah. it comes yeah. so naturally to him yeah to it's, it's about time in the script that we like, remind you he's a good cop right. right exactly yeah and i yeah and he proves it to taggart and and rosewood like right because yeah. taggart's know? like oh i didn't even clock those guys right, you know? right. and billy's like crime right. he's over here yeah, dancing billy is in another world yeah. billy is basically like the fucking you know like george costanza wants to get the security guard chair he's yeah. like crime stop it stop it stop it like that's all <laughs> billy kind of does like yeah but yeah taggart this is where taggart's like okay this guy's like he's a cop he's a good yeah. cop and he's like all right so maybe there's something because he was starting to tell them about maitland a little bit and... right well they they couldn't decide they they didn't couldn't yeah. get a bead on him yet they knew he could throw him and stuff but like they didn't know how good he was as a cop right until that point yeah this is know? when when taggart starts to be like okay let's work with i respect him. this what this guy has to say he's not hustling us like right so they go back to the police station because they have to because they have to book these guys yeah their boss uh Rosewood and Taggart's boss. Yes, uh, Bogomil. Bogomil. is like, what were you doing in a strip club on duty? That's when Axel gives that whole story. Yeah, and it, you know. And he says that, like. It's very good. He's like, they were in a strip club because I went to the strip club. He's like, because. They were tailing me. He's like, they were tailing me. They they were outside, and then they saw those two guys come in. Oh, that's what it is. Taggart spotted them, and he knew that something wasn't right because they had coats on in July. And so they followed in, them in, and they saw the whole thing happen. I didn't know what was going on. And the next thing I I know, they disarmed them, and and they did a great job, and it was incredible police work. And Ronnie Cox is kind of like. Is that what happened? And he's he goes, like okay. on the hinge. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like, like, okay. And he goes, Taggart, why don't you tell me what really happened? And he's <laughs> like, and Taggart's like, uh, yeah. Axel convinced us to go to the strip club with him. <laughs> and he tried to buy us drinks. We didn't have any, though. And like, yeah, it's like a whole. We had club sodas. He's like, we just had club sodas. And then he pointed out these guys. He's actually a good cop. And then he disarmed the one and I got the other one. And he's like, well, you're off this case. And they put two other jerk cops on yeah and um he just throws them just yeah and, and and that's when axel's like taggart i just it was working it right. was working i don't know why you have to go ruin it it was working perfectly bogomil's the lieutenant is this mm-hmm. when the chief shows up is that this scene where he's like chewing oh. out bogomil it's after the next scene because the next scene is the the members only supper club which yeah oh, my favorite scene yeah yeah which we t- we covered a little bit but like it yeah <laughs> 
It's got Axel pretending to be Ramon. It's so <laughs> funny. Herpes simplex 10. 10. Yeah. He's like, well, he's like, well, maybe if you give me the message, then I could convey it. And you get, it's great. It plays out so real. Yeah. Because it's not what right. Axel intended. It's not how this, right. how he thought it was going to go, but he's like, okay. Yeah. But so it, he rolls with it. Yeah. It feels real because he, he like a pause and he goes, yeah, I guess you could do that. Uh, and he goes like, and he goes into this. He's like, he's like, well, tell him, uh, Ramon, that's me. I'm Ramon. He's like, <laughs> he's like, tell him, Ramon, stop by. And I went and I got tested, and I have herpes simplex ten. Tell him, better go get tested before parts of his body start dropping off. <laughs> before parts start falling off the man. Yeah, falling off the man. Oh, dude. And the and it's great. It's like, which is another thing that like really works in this because it's like it's weaponizing not necessarily homophobia i wouldn't call it that but uncomfortability around sex i think and... it's more than homophobia i think it's like he's a young black man who clearly is not of the same class level oh for sure that's definitely in this that's why he's not even allowed in the supper club right to add to it there is a scandal here because one of these prestigious white men right, right, right. has had an affair with this black homosexual man right and so there's layers, it's, and he's it's like, bird I'm cage, not. It's birdcage adjacent. Exactly. But I, I like that Foley, as a character, is, like, weaponizing. Like, he's like, I, this is going to make this guy so uncomfortable that he'll just let me in. Right. Yeah. And like it he, works. He would rather let a complete stranger, who he wasn't going to let in a second ago, into his supper club than have to deliver any of this information. Right. Like, and I was like, oh, I like that. I like that really, yeah. like, not the way I would expect the scene to play out. It's not the ruse that I think he would do. It's not, you know, like, right. mm -hmm. it's good. It's, it's really it's interesting. It's very clever. Yeah. And so he lets him in. He's like, maybe it would be better coming from you. And he's like, I think that would be best. I think that would be best. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Murphy, man, like, he's so funny in this. Like, yeah. and like, that's not a, that's not a huge laugh line or anything, but it's just like, he knows, because like, he, he turns on the like fast talking when it works best. The way he delivers, I think that would be best, is very slow. It's very measured. Mm -hmm. It's not as rapid fire as like some of his other delivery. And I think that's really good because it really lands well. Well, he says it almost thoughtfully. Yeah. And it's really funny. Because like, all of this is a ruse anyway. Yeah. So it's funny that he plays it so well. He's adopting whole characters. Right. Like, same thing at the beginning when he's, when he's doing the undercover work. I forgot to mention that. He does the Eddie Murphy tough guy voice. Which is like a half octave yeah. deeper than Eddie Murphy, but it, but it's like, hey man, like it's just yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like normally he talks like this, yeah. and then he's like, I'm serious now. Yeah, <laughs> it's like just a half octave difference, but it's it's really funny. And he does that. He did that on Saturday Night Live. He does that in basically all movies. Mm -hmm. But that's his like tough guy voice, right? <laughs> it's like so. I really like this after the supper club scene. Axel goes in, tells Maitland like, I know you killed Mikey, and I'm gonna prove it. And, like, I know it has something to do with Bonds. Mm -hmm. He's like, I, I can't figure I don't have it all figured out yet. But I will. And when I do, I'm going to fuck you up. Zach gets up, Jonathan Banks, and he, like, that's when he makes the lunge at Axel. And Axel throws him through a buffet. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then he gets up and he's, like, ready to fucking just kill. Like, uh -huh. in front of a room full of people. He's ready to just, like, rip him to shreds. And Maitland gives him the, like, mm, like don't do it. Like, kind of stop, you know. And uh, Axel's like, Oh, that's really uh, that's really interesting, Victor. You, can you make him uh, sit up and fetch and whatever yeah, else? Yeah, right. a good trick. Yeah, yeah. Cops come in, they Which arrest actually Axel. Makes him more fucking furious. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Because oh he's like, God. motherfucker. Now I, now I don't get to kill you, and you're calling me a dog. Mm -hmm. Then the cops come, they arrest Axel, they take him back to the L.A. like precinct. Uh, Boga Bogamil. Is that what it is? Bogamil, Tom yeah. Bombadil. Bombadil. For all my for all my Lord of the Rings fans. Um, <laughs> He's like, 
come on, like you're stalking Victor Maitland now. And he's like, no. And he starts trying to lie. He's like, forget what you can prove. Talk to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like he's like, all right, I'm ready to listen. He's like telling him, he's like, I'm ready to listen to you. Like we can, we can, you know, something's going on. Yeah. Right. Instead of working against us, like, and like, I really like Ronnie Cox. Ronnie Cox is another like popped up in a million things, Mm -hmm. but yeah, good, you know, good actor. This is when they drop that drugs are sometimes packed in coffee grounds because it masks the smell from the drug sniffing dogs. But that's not enough proof. I like um, that none right. of the other cops put that together. They were no. all confused. Well, and this by was like that. a running theme through the right. whole, Like yeah. this has been touched yeah. multiple times at this point. Yeah, they yeah. mention and... he mentions it to Taggart and Billy in the strip club, and they don't follow up on it because uh... guys with shotguns come in. <laughs> right. But well, yeah, and not only do they not follow up, I feel like they don't follow. Like yeah. they're just like, oh, what? Yeah, he's coffee like, I saw. Like, yeah, he straight up says like, like they don't get it. He's like, well, like, I saw coffee grounds. Like coffee grounds. He's like, you guys not know anything? Like they just <laughs> you get the badge and then you're just on the job, right? Right. <laughs> this is when they have to escort Axel to the city limits. Right. Billy, he likes Axel because Axel bought him a shrimp sandwich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's basically kind of what it boils down to. Right. And like, gave him money for the strip. Gave him money for the stripper. <laughs> yeah. He encouraged Billy to follow his dreams of dating a stripper and eating a shrimp sandwich. <laughs> So, yeah. so Billy's not like at the same time. Oh God, I hope not. Oh, Jenny gets kidnapped. Right. Yeah. How does that happen? So this is the point where Jenny takes him over to the warehouse. The coffee grounds aren't enough. He needs to get right. proof that the bonds are there or that there's drugs there. One right. or the other. He's he gotta, saw them, but that's not right. Proof. He's got to get proof over to Bogomil. He asks Jenny to take him over. And he's like, is there any chance that you'll let me go in there without you? And she right. was like, no. no. And that's when he was like, I guess we have to go in together. So they right. go in together and right. they get caught. He finds the drugs. Yes. And he opens the bag and he t- tastes it. And he's like, you know, it's cocaine, whatever. And that's when they come up behind them. And somebody grabs Axel and somebody grabs Jenny. And that's they right. take they take her off. In a they take right? her off. Yeah, they throw her in the car. Yeah. yeah. They go after Maitland at the warehouse. Maitland and Zach threaten axel and this is when zach admits to killing mikey right he's like i'll kill you just like i killed your friend like right and i was like oh that was a mistake (laughs) 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 like that was surely a mistake like i understand you guys think you're on top of the world and you can deal with whatever but it's like this guy's pretty goal oriented let's say and his goal right and his goal is scrappy and he's gonna he's gonna get you and his goal is to like avenge his friend's murder and you just obliterated all you know all doubt that and, you were involved and it might have been more than a friend this might have been a romance right story. there, there we is, don't know no i mean i don't think it was an active <laughs> no romance. I, mean, I don't think so but there is a possibility it could yeah. go that way you mm-hmm. change the music a little bit well i think like there's that aspect of it and I also think that Axel's, like, last interaction with Mikey, basically, is I'm not going to push why you're involved in this weird, shady shit. Right. Even though I'm a cop and I should, mm. I'm not going to push it because we're buddies. <clears throat> right. And because you took a fall for me. Right. And I owe you. Mm-hmm. And then Mikey dies because of this thing that Axel didn't ask about. Right. Like, you know, didn't, like, how did you get these, where, you know, who do you work for? Like, right. where is this coming from? Like, he doesn't know any of that when this all starts. Right. And I think that's why is he's like, I should have. He feels responsible. Yeah, I should have yeah. done it because like if I knew more, maybe I wouldn't be starting from zero the way I am, you know, and like maybe I could have warned him or helped him or something. I think there's definitely like there's guilt in letting it slide. Well, also the last real words that Mikey had to him were that he loved him. Yeah. And that's why he covered for him. Yeah. So like that's a real rough way for things to end, right. you know, like. Yeah. I think he feels an immense amount of guilt. Yeah. Um, 
and I think it's driven by more than guilt. I mean, he's a cop and he wants to know what happened, but also he cares about him. It's his friend. And... Yeah. Right. It's not just that flat, you killed my partner. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to it. There's a lot of weight to those the, the relationship between those two characters. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he clearly hasn't seen Mikey in a long time. Right. right. And so it's like, it's, it's somebody where it's like, oh, you haven't even seen him in a long time. But, you know, like, I, there, there's, it's such a complicated history to this, like, you know, very brief interaction in the movie that I was like, oh, that actually, like, adds a lot to the movie because it adds a lot to your main character. They did a great job in a very short period of time of setting up why this is so important. Right? Yeah. Um, and why Mikey is so important. Mike, Mikey gets very little screen time. Yeah, no. And the whole movie is really about him. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting how they did that, where they successfully made you care about Mikey and also the relationship that Mikey has with Axel. So, oh, Billy. Billy wrestle, rescues Axel. Well, yeah, because Billy goes over there with them. Yes, he, he goes, goes over with them at the time that and, they... And they tell him to wait because they're like, you don't want to be culpable. You don't want to get in trouble for doing this illegal thing with us. Wait out here. You're like that kind of Right. Thing. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't want to... He's on the clock and yes. they don't want him to get involved. So they have him sit outside and they're like, if we need you, we'll let you know. But he really waits to pull the trigger. Yes. Like Jenny gets pulled out of there and he's still in the car, like not sure Debating. if he should get out. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he hears something maybe. maybe. I think he hears Axel arguing. He hears a noise. Yeah, I think he hears something and that's when he decides. And it's it's... They, uh, Maitland, I think, and Zach both left Axel with three other dudes. Yeah, but they, because they took Jenny. Yes. I think he hears Axel fighting or yelling yeah. or whatever, and then he decides to go in. And they're, and they're also doing, like, classic Bond bullshit of, like, well, I'm not just going to, like, that's the thing. When Zach shows up, when he kills Mikey, makes him think he's going to let him go, and he's like, you know, you're on a shit list now, right. Mikey. And then, like, as soon as he turns around, he, like, blackjacks him and then shoots him twice in the back of the head on the ground. Right. And it's like, oh, wow, brutal. But then they're like, oh, this guy, Axel's been, like, grinding us down and, ch- you know, chasing us. And, and like, they don't kill him. They like, want to beat him up. Right. They leave him to three other dudes right. who are, like, going to beat him up for a while first. And it's right. a classic Bond villain mistake. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, no, just pop him. Pop him twice in the fucking head and then be like, ah, oh, it's great. Now you can punch him. They had the opportunity to kill Axel six times over. Yeah. And they don't. No. And that's not going to work out well for them. No, it doesn't. My next note is that Taggart meets them at Maitland's. All of them go to rescue Jenny. Billy breaks in and he kills the guys who are. Uh, he shoots try- the, yeah. yeah, he kills the guys that are beating up Axel. Because there's like a shoot, minor shootout. Yeah, there. he takes mm-hmm. Axel with him, and Axel's like, "They got Jenny. I gotta go over to Maitland's or whatever." Billy is on the fence about whether or not he should go, and then he's like, "You know what? We have to. I have to go." And you can see like the switch turn on for him, where yeah. he's like, I, "We have. There's a woman kidnapped, and we have to go get her." Yeah. And so he goes over there, and Taggart is back at the police station, and he's trying to keep an eye on where Billy is. Yes, there's a thing where Billy like radios in. He's like, uh, "Tell Taggart that whatever," and they're like, "Taggart's here. He'd like to talk to you." Right. And Billy's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but he gives him the address of where he is, and then there's a call in. There are shots fired at that address. Yeah. And Taggart is like, I need, uh, we need all the cops. Yeah, he immediately yeah. calls for all backup units. Like, yeah. uh, right. and, and the lieutenant, uh, Tom Bombadil, he's yeah. like, get all available. And he says, like, all undercovers. Well, he uh, says there's an undercover. Yes, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. On the premises, so that they don't shoot Axel. Yes, yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that's like, again, like, you really like this character. Because he's like, right. he's like, oh, this is weird and hinky. Yeah. Like, because it's not an official investigation. He's not working on behalf of the, you know, uh, Beverly Hills Police Department. But they're like... We're throwing our, our, our backing in with him. And I was right. like, that's cool. Like, it's a great moment. Because, like, a lot of movies, they they do the, like, 
and one lone man, yeah. you know, thing. And it's like, it wouldn't work here. No. Because Axel's really, really outgunned. <laughs> okay, in this yeah. scene, I, we were talking about this, and I can't remember, and I should have looked it up. You know the scene in Scarface where he gets shot into the pool? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it the same, is it like a very similar set, or is that just in my head? Oh, I don't know if it's the same place, I don't but... think it's, it may not be the same, but it feels very similar. It's... Maybe the shot's pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of, yes, yeah. a lot of similar, it, it definitely looks very similar, but I looked it up. It's the, it's Harold Lloyd's estate. Harold Lloyd was an old uh, silent film performer. Huh. Do you know the bit of like uh, a guy hanging off a clock? Okay. That's Harold Lloyd. He was a contemporary of like Chaplin and those guys. Right, okay. Um, he's like the, he's like the third guy that not everybody like is super aware of. That's his old estate. Um, wow. And <laughs> that's, I've seen this place. This feels familiar. You know, I kept thinking it was Scarface, but maybe the, not. I didn't see that. The only thing I recognized where I was like, oh, I would know this is Commando. Okay. That, that's the it's the end of Commando is the same thing. I think it, I, I actually think it's supposed to be in like South America. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> I think they like, yeah, they make it like somewhere in South America. That's it definitely good... gives me similar vibes. Yeah. It's a rich dude. Uh, palatial estate. Right. It's gorgeous. It's pl- there's like all the marble and shit and plenty of room to get shot with machine guns. All these gardens like they keep like clipping flowers pots yeah. and like roses are getting cut off <laughs> right. of their stems like, yeah dirt's flying up in yeah. the air yeah all, and all these like big palatial like stairs right foley's like doing barrel rolls like downstairs <laughs> i and, love like... the scene where billy's trying to get him up over the wall and Taggart, they struggle yeah. yeah and he finally gets taggart over the wall but taggart's struggling to get off the wall yeah like he's just kind of rolling around and, and in the Eddie middle Murphy, of a gunfight right. <laughs> and Eddie Murphy just turns and looks at him and starts laughing and shaking his head it's... <laughs> he's being shot at with machine guns <laughs> And, like, he looks at Tagger trying to get over this wall, and he's like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> It's so funny. It's just like, he's living life. He's living in the moment. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's so good. I love that. That's so funny. Uh, but the whole scene is absurd, because they all have machine guns, and they are missing every shot. Dude, the geometry of this shootout makes no sense to me. <laughs> None. Because, like, a guy will run in, and, like, it's framed, and he's, like, he's looking and firing in such a way where you're like, oh, he's shooting from their left. Right. And then when it cuts to, like, the reverse shot, it's, like, behind them on their right. And I'm like, where are you? <laughs> where is anybody? And then somebody else runs in and starts firing, and you're like, oh, okay, if that guy was behind them on the right, then this guy's probably in front of them. And it's like, that shot's, like, over here, like, perpendicular. And I'm like, what? Where is anybody aiming? It's like fucking stormtroopers. But they're also not connecting with anyone. No, no. And they have open shots. Yes. Like, these guys are not hidden behind no. anything. They're running through... The yard. Yeah, right. there's I'm like sure they're moving targets, but like, come on, they're yeah, like right. out in the open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a machine gun. Right. Yeah, right. That's the you're point. You're firing a ton of rounds. That's and why not you connecting. have one of those, right? Because you're not a great shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> they don't give those. They don't give those to like snipers. Snipers <laughs> right. don't use machine guns. <laughs> they, they don't only need, need them. one. <laughs> oh my god. That's why the whole argument of like, well, I need this semi-automatic weapon to hunt deer is so terrible. Where I'm yeah. like, how bad are you at this thing you like? You should probably stop. You shooting should probably deer. try fishing, motherfucker. <laughs> Can I use a gun in that? I guess I don't go away. Whatever. I get it. You're hunting to thin a population. Or I mean, also the only reason why we have to thin the population is because you killed everything that used to kill that animal. But that's okay. Well, right. The strip mall came up, and now there's less predators. Yeah, so. y'all killed all the mountain lions, so now that we're overpopulated with deer, so your your thought process is to go kill all the deer. Oh. Ah, okay. They look at that like a win-win. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a win-win <laughs> right. for them. Again, fuck you. The you in that is you. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do what you tell me. The you in that is you. Oh, my God. Yep. 
Yes, uh, they sent backup. Billy, oh my god, this is my favorite thing because it's such a like, shut up, Billy moment. He and Tagger like pin down, they're like reloading, and Billy's like, I keep thinking about Butch Cassidy, you know oh the ending, god. and he's like with the Bolivian <laughs> army. I was like, okay, for anybody that does hasn't seen this, the end of Butch Cassidy is yeah, they're pinned down by the Bolivian army and they're running out of bullets, so they decide like, fuck it, let's just go out guns blazing. And the last shot is them running out with their guns up and it like freezes. And that's the end of the movie. I think you hear gunshots, Mm -hmm. but that's the end of the movie. It's famous for the ending because it's unclear. Although you can, you know, educate a guess. They probably didn't make it. The two men with limited bullets probably didn't kill an entire army of well-trained armed men, but you don't know. Um, It's called the Bolivian army ending for that. Like, Oh, it's kind of dark, but it's not explicit sort of thing and for billy to be mentioning this in a gunfight taggart is clearly like shut the fuck up (laughs) i don't need to be thinking about this right now (laughs) and like it's so funny it's just like such a dunderhead thing he's like hey you know that movie where the guys almost definitely died we're them (laughs) and he's saying it like really excited he's He's so well he's bringing back that married couple vibe yes yeah yeah oh yeah it's true it's perfect it's so funny i I laughed so hard at that Oh, Axel just shoots Zack. Boom. Yeah. Again, like later, this is early 80s. So like by the end of the 80s, early 90s, they would have made more of a meal out of that. Like, right. You know, like you killed my friend. Like, whatever. Yeah, they know. didn't They didn't need to. No, no. And like it works here because it's not that movie because like that that is a tone that doesn't exist in this movie. Right. And like this, you know, wasn't the first like action comedy. Wasn't the first cop fish out of water thing. I'm sure like all that, you know. This, I think, definitely influenced the proliferation of this type of movie that got made after this. And then also, like, you know, for decades to come, like, this is a, this is a vibe, as, mm-hmm. as the children say. As the young, as, as the young, as the young say. people say, this is a vibe. Mm-hmm. And this vibe lasted for, like, 20 years. Yeah. It would be, like, a full, you know, close to 20 years before the tone of this kind of, like, action movie changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it would be, like, it's gradual, but, like, before you could put... Two things side by side and be like, these are unrelated. Yeah, it's true. Oh, and Maitland wings Axel. He hits him in the shoulder. I think it's a, a flesh wound. It, it is. <laughs> yeah. He, but a flesh wound. Because he doesn't actually, he doesn't have to go to the hospital. They, they have him check it out, but like. it's Yeah, it's fine. the same thing as before after yeah, the, go yeah. the hospital. Yeah. Then right. Go on vacation. It's a, it's a movie wound where Eddie Murphy just like has full use of his arm. <laughs> like this, uh-huh. He's not even acting like well, he got he shot. Well, he does at like, first. He holds his arm real stiff and he like hits the wall. Yeah. And he bleeds across the wall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and after then that's that, it. Yeah, yeah, when he's like in the shootout, he's holding both arms. Like, right. it's, it's there's no there's no like, oh, my arm really hurts because yeah. most of the muscle has been blown away. Right. <laughs> Maitland pulls Jenny out somewhere at the end of this hallway, and he's like holding her, like classic holding hostage. He's like behind her with the gun held to her head, and Foley's like on one knee, like drawn on him, and he's like, "Careful, Foley, you might hit me." Yeah. You know, and I was like, "It's good, uh-huh. good villain dialogue." And then the best thing happens, which is Tom Bombadil. That's what I'm calling him now. Bogomel. Yeah. Uh, which just get, every time I say it, I think of Gargamel. Which Gargamel, is yeah, yeah. Yeah, he shows up. And Gargamel he's like, shows up. And he's like, Axel, where are the Smurfs? I want to eat them? What was my deal? I forget. I don't uh, what his deal was. I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know why he hated Smurfs. Did so he want to eat them? I don't think that's true. <laughs> All right, listen. He either wanted them for money, food, or sex. Those are the only three motivators. Martin Short, get the fuck out of here. It's W-R-I-T-E-H-W-G-W. If you know what Gargamel wanted. 
gmail.com, guys. Gmail.com, guys. Um, <laughs> you can let us know what Gargamel wanted. Anyway, Gargamel shows up and, and shoots uh, Maitland. Yeah, I like that, I like that uh, uh, Bogomil, like, pops in at the end of the, the, the far end of the uh, hallway, and he and Foley just unload on Maitland. Yeah. It's great, because uh, Jenny sees, like, this is my shot. And she, like, elbows him hard as shit in the ribs and then dives out. Yeah. It's great. Um, And they just, like, fight. It's great. They blow him to hell. Yeah, well, yep. But, yeah, I like that it's, it's not Taggart. Satisfying. It's not Billy. No. It's not, like, anybody he has, like, like a close relationship with. It's just, like, yeah, the the, the chief who's, like, yeah, yeah. believes in him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's cool. Like, it's yeah. a cool, weird swing in this movie. He's hanging out in the in the aftermath and they're, you know, throwing everybody in uh, paddy wagons and ambulances and hearses and yeah. whatever <laughs> and uh the la chief guy shows up again and he's like what happened here blah, blah, blah. and bogomil lies for foley and mm-hmm. it's like a version of the super cop thing that yeah. foley right. did where he's like well uh, you know officer foley was working uh, in conjunction with the beverly hills police department he's like i don't believe any of this he's like well that is what i will be putting in my report yeah like, that's cool i like that yeah, we do like a little bit of a time lapse to later on, and it's uh, Foley leaving the hotel. Well, there, we, we oh. skip one thing. Oh, yeah. I want to. I want to mention uh, at that point the chief or whatever leaves, and Bogomel is on his way out, and yeah. Foley's like, "I thought maybe I could ask you a favor." Oh, and yes. He's like, "I think you've run out of favors." favors yeah. And he's like, "Oh, I just was hoping that you could call my boss." And it's put it's a fine though. I just don't have a job. It's fine. Yeah, and no he's like, "I'll do it first thing Monday." Like, I'll I'll call and give him a good report. Yeah. And it's like a really cute moment where yeah. he's like, I was kind of hoping maybe you'd call my boss. Yeah. And... He's like, hey, you did, you did really good there getting me out of trouble. And I was hoping maybe you could do that still. Yeah. Um, right. And so I thought that was a good moment. Yeah, and then they cut to the hotel where he's checking out and Taggart's like, oh, the Beverly Hills Police Department's going to pick mm-hmm. up the tab. Yeah, Taggart yeah. and Billy walk in and they're like, we're, you know, we want, we're going to see you off. But like also the. Oh, but doesn't he buy them robes? Yeah, he's yeah. like, well, in that case, I gotta get you guys a good, good yeah. goodbye yeah. present. And he goes, you sell right. those uh, robes here? He's like, we do. He's like, I'll take two. Yeah. And he gives $95. The bill. <laughs> yeah. yeah, $95 a piece. $95. Uh-huh. And he goes, he's like, Billy, I want you to have this. Every time you get out of the shower, I want you to think of our friendship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Billy's touched. He's like, thank yeah. you. Yeah. I will. <laughs> so funny. And he goes like, he's a tagger. And he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I don't need that. He's like, you should keep it as a souvenir. He's like, I got, I got three, three of in them my in my bag. <laughs> and Taggart's kind of like, oh, okay, like, I'll take it. Though. <laughs> like, right. he kind of has that face on But, it. like, I like how he runs after him with it, because Taggart starts to leave, and he's like, wait, Taggart, and he's yeah. got the robe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then... <laughs> must have it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's them outside, and he's like, you guys going to follow me to the city limits again? And they're like, yep. And he's like, okay. And then he does the same thing he did before, where he's like, oh, I was going to go get a drink. Maybe you guys want to come with me. And they're like, well, Billy goes, well, we're on duty. And and Taggart kind of goes like, well, one drink's gonna, not going to, one light beer is not going to hurt us. Right. And he's like, you know, so where are we going? He's like, oh, just follow me. I have a great place. I know you, you guys are going to love it. Trust me. And it freeze frames. Yeah, it's and great. It. Yeah. So it's where a- do you think they went? Do you think they stayed in the city limits or do you think they went all the way back to Detroit? <laughs> he drove them all the way to Detroit. Because <laughs> I kind of think that's what they wanted to allude to is that maybe he drove That's kind of fun. Home. They you know, just keep like, driving their I know, life. I know a place, like, back where I'm from, like, in the middle of the country. Like, so, I don't know. I thought yeah, that was maybe. funny. He's like, I'm going to show um, you this band, the White Stripes. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're, they're four years old. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The thing I, I liked about this, rewatching it now, not having seen it for a minimum a decade, decade and a half. Like it's really about and showcases a transitional time in the country. And that's part of the fish out of water thing. I think Mm -hmm. 
Billy, you know, being like the new, obviously like new recruit and not as experienced and he's kind of soft and kind of dumb um, yeah. against like Taggart, who's clearly like quote unquote old school. Like mm-hmm. he'll beat up a cust- uh, you know, a guy in custody, you know, right. like that's old fashioned cop thing. So that's their juxtaposition, which is like writ large with the two police precincts. You know, Detroit is like real salt of the earth policing, right? Mm-hmm. Like. They just fucking chased a, a truck through downtown Detroit, destroyed like <laughs> hundreds of thousands oh of dollars worth of cars. So and much shit. money wasted, <laughs> right? Taxpayer dollars. And it was it was it was a truck full of <laughs> stolen shit that Foley shouldn't have even had access to. Right. So it's like it, it also like negates whatever the fuck case that truck is from. Like, mm-hmm. so it's all this fucking corrupt bullshit. Like, technically, really corrupt. And then they go to Beverly Hills, and it's like. What? He hit you. Would you like to file a report? Which is like the softening right. like, of America. And I think that's really interesting because it's 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 there and it's present, but it's not played up and it's also not made a big deal. It's just showing you like this is the juxtaposition. This is old policing versus new policing. It's the old state of the world or the new state of the world. It's very like the boomer fucking, you know, mm-hmm. thing. Of, right. Like, yeah. These things used to be better before. It's like, oh, were they? Like, you know. And I also like that the movie really definitely comes down on the side of like, there's a middle ground, you know, there's mm-hmm. like, there's a middle ground. Like you don't have to be like gleefully corrupt, but you also don't have to be like super duper by the book. Like there's mm-hmm. a thing, you know, right. I think it's really interesting like to watch yeah. that. Cause it's, it's movies not about that, but it does no. show you that. And it does kind of make a point of which rules need to be broken yeah. and which ones shouldn't be. And yeah, yeah that's, that's a fair point. And I hadn't really it, thought about it that way. No. And, in, and in like, you know, in fact, it's like, it's showing you that like too many rules is bad and maybe the system is broken and that kind of like all that stuff is like it's there, mm-hmm. you know, rage against the machine. That's the machine, <laughs> you know, like a couple random bits of trivia about this film. It holds the record for selling the most rented title on the Betamax format. Interesting. What? Wow. Yeah, this came out when Betamax was still a viable contender against VHS and it was unclear where it was going to go. It's like that window. You know, it doesn't say that it sold more than VHS. Maybe Mm -hmm. it sold way more. But of all Betamax sold, this is number one. That's wild. (laughs) Isn't that cool? cool. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie Murphy backed out of doing Ghostbusters to do this. I'm okay with that. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. I love Ghostbusters, but seeing how dirty they did Winston as a character is like, Yeah. yeah, Eddie, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe Eddie Murphy's energy would be different, and maybe he would be more of a presence. Maybe, but I don't think I don't think he would shine in that like he did in this. No, and I also don't think he works as well as Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson has this grounded thing, yeah, that Eddie Murphy does not have. No, no. there's no there's no Eddie Murphy that feels grounded in any world. Eddie Murphy, <laughs> he's a lunatic. He's a whirlwind. Like, well, he couldn't sit back while the other ones took the spotlight, and that's what Ernie Hudson was had to do. Yeah. I don't know if he chose to, but right. that was. The position he was put in. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's a very different movie and might not be as good. No. Um, Axel F was originally called Banana in the Exhaust theme because that was the scene it was written for. <laughs> but everybody liked it so much that they were like, no, we're putting it through the whole thing. It's my, those are my trivias. So nice. I'm going to add one. So I, I realized and I found this out. Uh, Harrison Ford was offered the role as well. Uh, yeah. He turned it down. He turned it down like cold. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like promptly. Dude, I couldn't believe the, <laughs> the title shot for this. Like mm-hmm. Beverly Hills. Cop. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. It has like the fucking married with children stamp. I know. It's like such a janky, terrible like title. It's funny. Title like title card. I laughed so hard at it. I was like, boy, that's not what I remember at all. Um, but yeah, that's that's Beverly Hills Cop. That's it. All right, uh, let's uh, let's vote. Tina, you you brought this to us. So, uh, what is your what is your ultimate verdict? Is this a hate watch or a great watch? It's such a great watch. Yeah. 
it I love this movie. It's not heavy handed in any way. It's just fun. It's just fun to watch. Even though there are things that happen in it that are dramatic or action filled or sad or whatever. It's a feel good movie. I think it keeps your attention really well. Mm -hmm. It's well paced. And especially now, like when I'm so inclined to just pick up my phone when I'm watching something or like get distracted or whatever. I just didn't through this and I don't. And I, I enjoy it every time I watch it. And I think that it still holds up. Michael. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. First time um, seeing Great this. watch as a first timer. Um, a great, great, great watch. I think what does it for me is what Eddie Murphy brings to that character. And I think what I think about a lot when I we talked about all the other people that were offered the role. And I can't think of anyone else in that role but him. Yeah. Where it's the same movie. No, um, not even close. The, a lot of the dialogue, a lot of. Uh, what was written in that movie was influenced by his, just by his delivery. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling that there were a lot of lines where they were like, oh my God, we need to work that in. We, yeah. we need to keep that in somehow because that's brilliant. Um, it, it just read as really well improvised, yeah. but like structured improvisation, which Eddie Murphy's really great at. Yeah. Um in, you know, that's that's kind of his wheelhouse. Yeah. And he's um, incredibly like uh, mentally light on his feet. Like, right. Exactly. And he's he yeah, when you expect that he's going to do this big old grand like why aren't you treating me like like no, he's like he downsizes himself yeah. and like you don't really know which way he's going and I I just really like that about him and his energy that he brought to the role of Axel Foley um, is what really carried this movie what made it likable for me it what it's what kept me wanting to watch it and yeah. uh kept my attention you know yeah absolutely um, so it's definitely a great watch for me i uh can't recommend it more he knew axel f before he knew it was i knew from... the song oh, okay. before the 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 movie right on yeah it, i mean it and also yeah it had a big like resurgence uh like what 2000s Yes, or the 90s, maybe? Late 90s? Yeah, something yeah I think like it was that. the late 90s. It became like a club track? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like remixed. Like people, somebody like sampled it or uh-huh. remixed it or, yeah. or... But yeah, and I was like, oh, that's wild. Yeah, we had a conversation. We were in a restaurant and it played. And I was like, Beverly Hills Cop? And he was like, <laughs> Axel F? And I was like, <laughs> right, Axel Foley is Beverly Hills Cop. That's he, what is this is from. cop. he is the and cop. And he was yeah. like, what? The you really? in fuck you is you. <laughs> 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 Wait, right. they played in a restaurant. <laughs> oh yeah, California yeah. tortilla. They played yeah. the weirdest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Axel F. Add it to the playlist. <laughs> California tortilla. That's great. They have the strangest like eighties, nineties yeah. playlist. That's so funny. Yeah, uh, I a hundred percent agree with b- b- what you both said. Having not seen it in at least ten years, but definitely more than mm-hmm. that. It holds up so well. And as soon as it was over, I was like, come on, watch that. Yeah. <laughs> but we had like 20 minutes till uh, wrestling was coming on. Right. I was like, oh, I want to watch wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of curious to watch the others except three, I guess. Three isn't great, but right. the second two, one is two pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll... I remember really liking the second one. And again, all I remember the third one is that it was like climbing on a Ferris wheel. It gets real goofy. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. They go too far. But the second one's pretty good. Hey, the first we'll one is the best. It. Yeah. Yeah, maybe could maybe be. We'll do that. Could we'll, do. Hey, we'll hey. we'll do all three. Yeah. yeah, we can do all three this year. I'm not against this idea. This is excellent. Well, thank you both for uh for coming and successfully dodging getting run over by the Martin Short train. Did we? Barely. Why did I put did these tracks in my room? Uh, <laughs> did we hop on the Martin Short train? Well, we hopped on and off, but we never yeah. got run over. Oh, that's, that's true. true.
how what would what would that look like? It would be messy. Just too so much magnesium. All right, too we gotta much, go. Too much sushi and magnesium. <laughs> too much sushi and magnesium is like <laughs> what? That sounds like a pavement song. <laughs> Tina, uh, yes. Do you want to direct people to your social media? <laughs> Should I? At this point, good night. <laughs> Uh, you can follow my art page, Tina Dillon Art, on Instagram. I don't, I don't have any socials. My socials are Tina's socials, so it's time for a shrimp salad sandwich. Oh, I'll just have the banana, not in the tailpipe. It tastes well. like tailpipe. <laughs> Careful. It tastes like tailpipe. That is disgusting. <laughs> Banana <laughs> tastes like tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, fuck. Uh, you can <laughs> you can go to our link tree. It's uh, linktr.ee/hwgw. That gives you our movie john page, uh, the widget for all the uh, listening like, uh, devices, like Spotify and iTunes and all that. And you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter if we're still on there. If those sites still exist. Who the hell knows? And uh, please um, consider donating to the Movie John Patreon, patreon.com slash moviejawn. That helps uh, everybody. You can get new episodes every other Wednesday. It's every other Wednesday on moviejohn.com or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Shrimp salad sandwich. You know, you, you should remind the people that, that they need to vote with conviction. That is true. Uh, please leave reviews. Let us know if you like us or don't like us and why. So the body of your review lets me know the context, but the number of stars lets me know the strength of your conviction. So mm-hmm. if you really don't like us, five stars. That that really conveys to me you really don't like us. Which I have to say, I really enjoy that ranking system. I right. think it that's makes a really sense. Yeah, one star you does. could be swayed. Right. One yep. star you're like, Two ah, stars? I, I believe that. You're a little right. on the fence there. Right. One yeah, exactly. You are letting me know. This should be taken with the utmost seriousness. Five stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you really want to stick it to them, three dollars a month for the Patreon. That's right. Then we'd know how mad you were. Yeah, then you could comment under every post and be like, "These guys are bad, and I don't like them, and I paid to say this." And you could send us your Gargamel fanfic, <laughs> or your, the demo from your new band or, Gargamel fanfic, <laughs> or the demo from your new band. Uh, tastes like tailpipe. <laughs> tastes like tailpipe. Like... Magnesium. Magnesium and sushi. Magnesium and sushi. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, guys. Thank you all for listening. Bye bye. 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 There's some joke about Uncle Joey's beaver puppet here, but (laughs) (laughs) But we're just gonna uh, go right. Did you see that I found a fish town beaver? Yeah, yeah, the the <laughs> mysterious... It's a cryptid. Yeah. Alan Leibowitz. I'm sorry? <laughs> you yes. that, is that his name? Oh. <laughs> we named him that. <laughs> <laughs>
That's great. That's a great <laughs> yeah. name for a cryptid beaver. We thought he was an attorney, but as it turns out, he's a realtor. The beaver? <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. That's such inside baseball. That appeals to like eight people listening to this. And I don't care. I'm leaving it in. I think I'm putting it at the front end end of the episode. <laughs> Fishtown beaver discussion. Oh, fuck. I'm crying. Ooh, I'm going to have no makeup on by the time we take this picture. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This has been a Movie John podcast. <laughs> Get out of my junkyard. <laughs>